Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Well, hello. Uh, here we are with our latest special, and this is a really unusual one in that this is a uh, a special on a multi-doctor adversary. But really, the only two doctors are um, there's only two doctors, even though the the adversary spans a few decades. We only had two doctors, didn't we? Yeah, the, um, I, I I never really twigged as well because we've slotted this in in place of nine because mm -hmm. we've run out of stories and yet one of them is a nine story yes which is i suppose ironic um but yeah this is a a very very um iconic again the word very very iconic um uh, adversary who hasn't appeared a lot no and and everyone seems to have fond memories of it yes of them of the tales um but i i reckon the same with you in the it, it was bolstered for me by the backup strips in doctor who weekly yes. and monthly because i particularly remember there was a david lloyd oh, yes. illustrated yeah. one and there was an auton with half his face melted off yeah um so that added the mystique to it but no we had to wait until what 2005 until yeah. they, <coughs> they came uh, yeah. until the, so from 1971 to 2005 but people seem to still remember it, and, and Russell T. Davies used them to bring back Doctor yeah, Who. I, which I think was pros possibly a sensible move. Um, but yeah, I, I can remember me, uh, me dad and brothers, because I, I was just a little bit too young to remember uh, the first time round with these. Um, and my, my dad and I would always say, oh, the autons, the guys with their, their hands that dropped off. And again, because the memory cheats, they would describe it that the wrist would go. Oh, did and they? And when I finally watched it on VHS, it was like, oh, it's not the wrist; it's the, it's just the fingers. Um, but yeah, they. I think it was another one of those that entered the consciousness of of Britain at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know whether anyone before like VHS and and, and Blu-ray and that. I think. They were pro everyone was probably in the same boat as us, where you'd see the still images again, and you'd read the absolutely cracking uh, Terence Dix uh, novel. I refuse to call it a novelization for the Autumn Invasion, because that's a novel, it's a good book on its own. Um, <clears throat> and the, the amazing passages in it. And, um, yeah, when I finally came to see it, I didn't know what to make of it, because it's... It, it's brilliant, but it's not. The there's no there's no real budget for a lot of it in any of these things, 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange villain, this, isn't it, the Autons? Or the Nestines? Or... The Nestines, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think budget is, is a huge factor yeah. in this. And I do wonder if the Autons weren't so fondly remembered so much that Russell T brings them back, if it wasn't for the iconic moments in Terror of the Zygons that yeah. everybody remembers, you know, the death by comfy yeah. chair you know um and uh, especially the uh, the troll doll i don't think if those yeah. two two scenes weren't in there i don't think maybe they weren't remembered no, so I, fondly I, oh and I the crashing out of the shop room yeah, window I of course that's the that's the image on the first on spearhead from space is the autons crashing through the shop windows which they don't of course very very clever editing um <clears throat> i think everyone remembers that and i think you're right they remember they remember that the, the policemen were villains, and that drew complaints. They remember the, the troll doll, and yeah, yeah, they remember the plastic chair attacking. Um, and I think clips shows have kept those images mm. alive, haven't they? Um, yeah. Right, right back from like 30 years in the TARDIS, and then everything uses that, that same sequence of events. Um, but I, I imagine most people didn't, other than fans reading the novelizations, I imagine most people didn't actually remember the stories because they're pretty slight, aren't they, really? When you they are them. slight. Yeah, and especially when you start thinking too much yeah. about them, they are slight. And, yeah, budget. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about each yeah, bit of that as we get to it. So we'll, we'll, we'll kick off with uh, Spearhead in Space, then. Recall. Recall. What's happening? Kenny. Unit. Recall! Recall! Shani? There were too many. What? The swarm leader has been taken by unit soldiers. How do you know that? I know. Why didn't the Orton destroy them? Because I recalled it. It's too soon for a major battle. We must delay unit. January 1970, this was first transmitted. So so you don't remember this, apart no, from this, first transmission? No, this, uh, this is too early for me. I, have, I sadly have no recollection of the Liz Shaw year, uh, which is a shame because I, I adore Liz Shaw, the character now, and I think Liz is great in this, really strong. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember it at all. I have no memory of any of these. Until no, me neither. Pirated Aussie tapes. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I got to see it until it had its VHS release. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder. I, I I haven't seen it written down anywhere. But you know, this is 1970, and the Autons that we see in Spearhead from Space move and somewhat resemble the Cybernauts from yes, I, the Avengers. I, you know, I was thinking that exact thing while watching it. Is like. This this is this feels like an ITC or an Avengers story, and these are the Cybernauts. Yes. Now I know this was filmed late '69, um, but I think the, the Cybernauts, Cybernauts were like were, Cybernauts yeah. were like '67 or something. Yeah. 67, so 68. I, I think this is a definite. They're a definite influence on this, and the actual feel to it, because I was probably everyone knows that um, they're. they're they couldn't film anything in the studio, I think, um, industrial action again. Hey, 70s. Um, so they couldn't film anything in the studio, but rather than sort of lose it, um, 
Barry Letts decided to film everything on film, uh, on location, mm. um, which not only saved the serial, but gave it uh, a sheen that none of the other sort of classic Who's have. <clears throat> this is this does feel like an ITC um, series, doesn't it? It's it it's does. cinematic. But, but having said that, it is also very Quatermass 2. Yes. The actual yeah, premise is very Quatermass 2. Yes, which would have been still in the, the public consciousness, because obviously you've had Quatermass, the TV series, Quatermass 2, the film. Um, yeah, so very, very Quatermass 2. But of course, the, the, at the time, the BBC were thinking of doing uh, a Quatermass series, um, and it was, a, I, I think... Depend on what stories you read and who you listen to in interviews. Um, some of the ideas for this for for this season seven were quite mass ideas, and some some people say it's no, it was they were just vying for the budgets and things like that. But it's pretty much all of season seven has a very quite mass feel, very quite mass style stories. Um, and especially that, this one. Yeah, and that is why <coughs> it is quite jarring. You and I have watched Spearhead from Space straight onto Terror of the Zygons, and even though that's exactly a year later, only 12 months later, the feel of the show has completely changed, yes. hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a completely different show. You, you know, everything in it is different, yeah. This, this one is gritty, um, realistic... Um, quite mundane. It's quite shocking watching it, like the cottage hospital interiors and the phone boxes. Oh, it's all very grubby. Yeah, everything's grubby and dirty because they're not sets, they're real locations. Yes. And you, you sort of forget <clears throat> how sort of parochial and, and low-rent Britain was at this point. Everyone remembers the 70s being glam rock, don't they? And yeah. everything bigger than life. And I don't think it was. I, well, I saw that glam rock was a reaction <laughs> to the grubbiness yeah. of the very early 70s. That's why you had an explosion yeah. of colour. You know, we had the hippie movement and we had all the psychedelia of the 60s. That went all went away. And that, then you got the reaction of glam rock to it. Yeah. Um, and you can see why watching this. Everything's muddy brown, isn't it? And yes, everything's dreary and, and just... Ugh. Yeah. Well, well, talking about dreary and uh, I mean, the meteorites land in Essex, so yes. uh, yeah, yeah, very dreary. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, Doctor Who in colour, of course. There's the first yes. of, of of this story, the very first ever very Doctor first. Who in colour. Yeah, um, looks looks glorious in colour. Looks great on Blu-ray because obviously because it was filmed, it can be done in high definition, it can be rendered in high definition. Um, of course, the irony was almost no one saw this in colour because no. We, sale of colour color television yeah, sets in We were still black and white yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yep, first appearance of uh, John Pertwee, um, yeah. him falling out the TARDIS. I didn't realise that was his back garden in Barnes. They filmed that. Oh, right. I, I don't understand. I've never seen anything that explains, other than perhaps because they filmed it in his back garden, that might explain it. But um, they use a, a model shop for the TARDIS landing. Mm. I, don't, I don't get why they bother just do rock, you know lock and roll back like they normally would they add the prop there on location yes it's, it's really strange unless they did do it and it just didn't come out can you do that on film though um it always isn't that a video uh, tape you, you're effect. right you would have to 
Don't ah, you? you're absolutely correct because you would have to do editing. Yes. Yeah, you'd have to have some sort of optical printer. That that would be the reason why. Cost. There, there <laughs> yeah. <you>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be saying cost a lot in cost. this. Yeah. Uh, the next first is the first appearance of Liz Shaw. Yes, uh, arrives. absolutely gorgeous in this. Yes, um, she arrives at a very grubby place. Yes, well, the, the unit HQ in this one is just a grubby underground car park. Do you know where that is? Because I walked no, right I past it yesterday. Oh, right. It, London, it, presumably. Yeah, it's the site of St Pancras Station. Oh, right. Um, but that's all gone now. It's it's this glitzy, fancy yeah. shopping arcade, and I walked straight through it. So exactly where Liz Shaw was, that's where I was yeah. yesterday. Because it's really weird as well, isn't it? That like the brigadier's office and the corridors, and that there's just heating ducts mm. running along the ceiling. It's it's obviously just a, a disused, like you say, car park stroke. Yeah, it must be part of the ventilation oh, yeah. for for, yeah. for the train station, and yeah. they're underneath it. Which I, I sort of quite like that. That. It annoyed me in later series where Unit HQ, although a secret organisation, would get a bloody big manor house with signs and everything. I quite like the fact that this sort of paramilitary organisation is running out of a uh, a hidden underground. Yes. Yeah, you know, perhaps an old, you know, like Web of Fear, an old, um, an old underground station sort of thing. Yeah, but, I, I don't mind that. I think that's all right. They're not hiding away though, because you've got no. the brig in colour. You know, um, this yeah. secret organisation are, are wandering around in full military uniform. Yeah. The brig looks amazing in this, doesn't he? I think he suited that that uh, season seven uniform. Yeah, but he hated it. Yeah, Nick, Nicholas oh, Courtney hated it. At all. No, no. Um, he didn't like but, the beret yeah. either. No, um, but it, it it looks good. They obviously were made for this season, so they're still spot on at this point. They're not. They've not become tatty or anything. Um, but yeah, we uh, we weirdly. The, the brig rings Liz Shoring because he wants a he wants a version of the Doctor. He wants a scientific mm. advisor, so he brings Liz in, and we get we get a few sort of um, lines that you go, well, uh, what? Hang on, because it's like you go, Liz. He goes to Liz. You go, you're a, a doctor of this, 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 and a dozen other subjects. You know how long it takes to study to get a doctorate. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll let that pass. Um, and she's she's scoffing completely at his idea of aliens it's like you were there liz when the cybermen uh basically took over the planet a year ago were you what, what did, could they not attack cambridge we get this all the time in doctor we who do, where everybody yes. forgets that there's been an invasion sometimes of the very you know species which is invading yeah, now exactly yeah because because yeah. she, she's scoffing at the brig it's a lovely scene it's really i think this was um this was uh, Caroline John's uh, first scene filmed, wasn't it? This was an audition piece or something, mm. this, this doing a scene. It's a great little scene. And I love the fact that she totally doesn't believe him. And he sort of just sniggers a bit. And I'm thinking, just show her aside the head. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got the proof, mate. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's sort of, it sums up the Briggs character. He doesn't feel the need to prove it to her. Um but yeah, and then as luck would have it, he's he's talking about that they used he used to, and this is weird as well. He says, um, the because she says uh, Miss Shaw goes little green men, and he goes, I'll have you know, Miss Shaw, that since unit has been formed, we've defended the earth twice from invasion. Twice? What's the second one? Because unit wasn't formed in Web of Fear. No, it it, it was formed because of Web of Fear, yeah. wasn't it? As a so, result so we, of Web of Fear. We've got a missing story, haven't we? Or he's just boasting and yeah, bragging well, yeah. and be. exaggerating. 
swagger in. Well, he's got a swagger stick. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it, and then just as he's talking, he goes, oh, we had this scientific advisor that helped us, the doctor. And then, of course, the phone goes, and it's like, we found the TARDIS. Yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, the and power uh, of coincidence. There. That's yeah. That's when we have you know the <laughs> the doctor in the hospital bed mumbling about shoes. Yes. He wants his shoes, yeah. doesn't he? Do you know? Have you ever read anything about why they filmed it like this? Because they they almost they're, they're covering Pertwee's face throughout episode one until mm-hmm. the brigadier and he rolls him over and it's like bam bam bam. It's John Pertwee. But everyone knew it was John Pertwee. No Mate. one, no one was thinking. Well, Pat Troughton's got a bit taller. <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe the thought while they were making it, they thought there would be the mystery of who is the Doctor. Yeah, um, yeah it was a conscious thing, wasn't it, to try and keep him hidden? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, it's filmed that way. I mean, to the point where people stand in front of him and he's leaning over the bed all the time. And it's like, I don't, I don't quite get what you're going at, or you're getting at here. It's like we're, everyone in the audience knew, because it was front-page news, that John Pertwee was taken over. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a little bit of mystery. I mean, it, it's hilarious that he wears bed socks. So. <laughs> I just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, escaping in the wheelchair yes. uh, is it, kind of funny. Yeah. When, when you think what John Pertwee would go on to be, and he would be like the yeah. James Bond doctor and everything, you know, his yeah, first is escape is in a wheelchair, you know. Yeah. I, I like the fact, I like in sort of this one um, that he's a bit more subdued. Because, of course, the worry, the, the huge worry was that because John Pertwee was a, a comedy actor, that he would play it in an outright comedy way. And I could, I could perhaps see some viewers on that wheelchair get going, oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and also the shower scene coming yes. up when he's scrubbing himself, uh, singing yeah. away. Yeah, yeah the, the first topless nudity we get in Doctor Who, and it's John Pertwee. John Pertwee, would you believe? Yeah. Yeah, showing off his tattoo as yeah, well. His, yeah, his sailor's is no, it's on his arm. Ah. Uh, um, we haven't said we've got this doll factory footage. Oh, yes. we, we, we've had the doll we factory talk footage. About the characters we're meant to be yes, yeah, we've got these Vaseline yes. people. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't understand how people can't spot, you know, when somebody's an auton because they're shiny. They're not very happy you, people, but they no. are shiny people. <clears throat> um. I I don't mind it because I think it again it's budget and it's just a bit of Vaseline on the cheeks and I like it. Compare this when we get to Rose and Plastic Mickey. Oh Jesus! I had completely yeah. forgotten that yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, we're not there yeah. yet. Um, we get our first proper look at a proper Auton in the woods where you've got an yes. Auton wandering around. around in the woods. Yeah, in a blue boiler suit. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. What What was your first thought when you saw this for the first time? What What was your thought about? the autons this look well when i finally got to watch it i would yeah. seen all the photos so um um cybernauts i guess was my yeah. first thought um i i couldn't make a lot of of what was that because unfortunately the um and i think this is i've read this elsewhere as well so it must have been true of most of the copies so the the when i first watched it i borrowed a copied tape and it had been uh, copied from an australian tape um, and every, whoever did copy, and every time the Autons appeared, they would whack the tracking over so that the picture started to disintegrate. Why? I, I have no idea, just to annoy people, I suppose. Um, so the first time I watched this, every time the Autons appeared, it's like, ah, oh, bloody hell. 
Because when it first happens, I was like, oh, I'll adjust my tracking. And no, it was hard into the thing. That's a nasty thing yeah. to do. Yeah, it's spiteful, isn't it? It's horrible. Um, but when I finally saw it, when it came out on VHS to buy, uh, and this was the one, there used to be a sci-fi shop down in, just past Tring, um, out by Reading. And um, I went down there and I swapped a, a pretty much mint condition uh, give a show projector the Thunderbirds version boxed for this 9.99 tape I was doing uh, something you regret now I totally regret it but... <laughs> oh well and I remember sitting down and watching it and I absolutely adored this story what, like, oh. what, what, what came first for you then was it Spearhead from Space or Quatermass 2 which did you see uh, first Quatermass 2 right so that's was, why you instantly yeah. fell in love with I this I think thing. so yeah I, I've I, I remember, I, I think when we discussed Quite Mass years ago, um, one of my f earliest TV memories is lying, not watching, but listening to Quite Mass in a pit. And I, I just adored Quite Mass. And weirdly, it was a lot easier to see the Quite Mass films than it ever was to see old Doctor Who, because they would often show them on a mm. you know, Friday night or, or, you know. And so, yeah, I was very, very familiar with the, uh, the, the Mass films. Um, so yeah, I think this just tickled tickled my quite a mass fancy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep, we get the Doctor in his first ever outfit. Yes. Yeah. Um, Look, pinching right. it. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, there, there's this sort of fan rumor that that those clothes are his his grandfather's uh, clothes, and of course they're not. The the actual story is that when he went for the first photo call, he wore his grandfather's. Yes clothes these are uh, an outfit it looks great in black it yeah it looks great in black yeah the costumers took that yeah. as a sp and and used it as a springboard yeah, to then exactly. you know, have the bbc owned outfits the hat was going to be permanent this this yeah. this fancy hat but john decided he'd like to show off his hair yeah. so that was dropped yeah, was almost immediately of his hair, wasn't yes um yeah i don't i don't mind. i do love a fedora i, I got several myself i love fedoras he looks great in it but it's too small it's too small for his head when he put, put pulls it down and it springs straight back up it can't control that hair of his he reminds me when he puts that on of is it president sarkov in oh Blake yes seven yeah, 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 right. you know, Cape, capes and fedoras yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he had a jo one at a jaunty angle as yeah. well yes but um, no, no one can pull off a cape like uh, john percy though it just looks right doesn't it and only he and Jimi Hendrix are the only two yes. people that can pull off the frilly shirt, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've often toyed with buying a frilly shirt, but no, it's kind of sacrilege. Um, but, yeah, I can't he, see you walking around Wrexham in a frilly shirt. Yeah. I don't think you're going to last 20 minutes. I don't think so. I've got a brick across my head. Especially on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, but then we get the next, the next hint of things to come, don't we? Because he escapes from the hospital when he steals someone's car. Yes. Um, which is a, an old um, sort of, I suppose, 1920s. It is 1920s. There's a connection to you there. I guess you don't know it because you would have said so. Oh, is it, a, is it a, an Oxford one or something? No, it, no. Uh, it, it would turn up two years later in oh. Dad's Army. Oh, God. In the story, The Desperate Drive of Corporal yeah. Jones. That's wow, the, same, that the car. same car. Yeah. Oh, I like that episode. It's a good episode. You like all um, Dad's Army true, episodes. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we should do Dad's Army in character. Um, no, we'd be doomed. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's a nice car. I love it that um, we get a little comedy sequence, not too over the top, um, of John Pertwee fumbling with the gears. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really weird to, to, because obviously the car was made before anything was standardised for cars, and the gear sticks on the right-hand side of the driver, who's also on the right-hand side. Mm. Really weird. Must be awful to drive. Um, but yeah, he he drives off straight to Unit HQ, um, and one bit I always forget because I I'm, I just associate that the Doctor knows where the TARDIS is now. It's part of his DNA sort of thing. But now he's got this watch, yes. a homing watch. Yes. What, uh, what would he have done if the uh, the hospital had took it off him? I guess he's still tootling around the home counties yeah. looking for yeah, it. desperately driving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before he finds the TARDIS, though, we've got the um, unit have found one of these meteorites, oh, yes, haven't they? True, yes. And But they're ambushed by that Auton. Quite bloody scene. You know, it's yeah. crashing, you've got blood on the windscreen. And, uh, Again, and take an it away. absolute masterclass in showing a car crash without actually having the budget to crash a car. Yeah, you totally um, know yeah, and understand what's happened. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really well done. Um, but uh, yeah, the the autons get hold of the the uh, sphere, the meteorite. Uh, I do like these meteorites. I like the noise they make. Mm. They're blatantly fiberglass. I don't mind because they're meant to be plastic, aren't they? So yes, we'll live live with that one. Yeah. Um, but then that, that that's when he goes and finds the Brigadier and the TARDIS and meets Liz Shaw. And I like the way they hit it off immediately, yes. Liz Shaw yeah. and the Doctor. John Pertwee and, and Caroline Johns have got immediate rapport. Um, it's great. I, I love every scene that they're together. And I do like that they've gone gone without any sort of... They hate each other to start with, but they grow to... It's like she's immediately... I like this guy. And he's immediately... She's great. Oh, how do you do? Yeah. What are you a doctor of? Practically everything. Practically everything, everything my dear. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's brilliant. And yeah, he's, he's saying about his new face. Um, oh, the old says, eyebrow, yeah. communicating yeah. with eyebrows and stuff. Which again, there's lots of little hints of the direction it could have taken mm. to his portrayal, um, which is is almost completely gone in the next story, the Silurians. Um, mm. So yeah, really interesting that the direction he decided to go with it, but none of it's none of it's over the top, and he's super likable from the up, yes. especially the word go. And this, I think, this story benefits that you've got a great performance from the brig. Liz is immediately likable. The Doctor's immediately likable. There's very little nonsense. There's no false drama in this. I think it suits also this story that the Autons are as low-key as they are. If yes. you had had this as a Dalek tale or a Cybermen tale, it would have all been crash-bang-wallop, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, with no underlying menace at all or mystery yeah, a, or anything about it. It's, it's a very low-key mm. invasion plan. Uh, but I think you need that because, again, we, like when we said with Robot, with Tom Baker, when you're introducing a new Doctor, you don't want to overshadow the Doctor. No. Um, which could easily happen. They came close with yeah. Professor Kettlewell. Which yes, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want your lead character to shine. Yes, um, and he does here, oh, bless him, oh, doesn't he's he? brilliant. He's, he's superb. Um, mm. but, but, yeah, it, 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 I think it's good that the story is slight. Yes. I mean, we keep going back to our adversary. Um, yes. You know, around 
about that point, that's when we see their handgun working yeah. for the first time. I suppose time. We, we should discuss briefly, um, because because in this we've got, there's, there's various different types of autons. So the nesting consciousness is the, the bit that controls everything, but then you've got different versions. So you've got the, the basic autons, which are the soldiers, they're not very well formed, but we've also got uh, replicas, well, yes. as General Scobie says, replicas. Um, and then you've got this this unusual tip-top replica, Channing, um, who's great. This Channing and um, Hibbert, Hibbert yeah. are, are great double acts. And we, we keep cutting back to them, and we're interested. It's like, oh, I wonder if their invasion's going well. Oh, no, good, we'll find out. You're, you're so invested in these two quite likeable bad characters. Um, and it's really interesting because... Obviously, they had to have a way for Channing to to control Hibbert. So Channing is able to hypnotise people. He's able to hypnotise him. And then when they come to do Terror of the Autons, of course, it's exactly the same story. But Channing is the master, and yes. they just port that straight across. So we owe the fact we owe the master's hypnotic abilities to Channing. A good point. Yeah. yeah. I, my my favourite Channing moment in this story is when he he's watching things through that uh, yeah. the, the 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 glass window which is vertical slat so you get multiple eyes of him. Oh yes, he's such through. a creepy fella. I think my my favourite bit with him and Hibbert is later on he's seeing things through the eyes of the Auton. You know when it it goes to Celia's cottage. We've got mm. mentioned Celia as well, um, and I love it that that um, Channing uh, Channing is. He's sort of looking into the middle distance towards the camera, and you can see he's glazed his eyes over, and he's he's viewing in his mind's eye what the autumn. And I love that Hibbert is trying to look where he's looking, as if he's. <laughs> it's like it's so brilliantly done. These two are great. They're real. I'd love to have seen them back, but I don't. I think it was it was definitely a one-off performance. They just work perfectly together. You say um, Sam Seeley's cottage, yes. that makes my ear prick up because they mentioned that uh, he was born in Brook Cottage, right? Oh, right. Yep. Um, that's where I was born. Oh. I, I was actually born in a place called Brook Cottage. It was a cottage called Brook Cottage. Wow. Me and Sam share the same... Uh, do you want, do you want something really depressing is um, Sam Seeley, the actor that played him, was 52 at the time. Really? Yeah, he oh, looks so much older. People well, were older in him. Yeah, well, John Pertwee was 50, wasn't yeah. he, uh, yeah. in this? So, it's, yeah. It's uh, but, yeah, Sam Seeley, he's a, he's a reprobate poacher stroke gamekeeper. Great character, really well acted. Um, uh, but he's found one of the meteorites. Um, and uh, as luck would have it, it's the swarm leader. It is the swarm leader in a, in a metal box, isn't it? In a metal box, yeah. This, this amazing invasion plan is thwarted by an old metal box yes because they they can't detect where it is <laughs> and sam the poacher has put it in yeah, a, in one a mill of metal yeah yeah uh, mrs seeley sees the auton yeah. uh, at this point um yeah. what do you think of the look of these autons i when, when i first saw them i was a little bit disappointed i thought they were a bit unformed a bit they looked like plastic masks and i think Actually, that's exactly what they're meant to be. They're, they're the only monster I think of that, that bothers to wear a cravat around their neck. 
Well, that's to hide the join, of course, isn't it? That's no, why it's because they... they're stylish. <laughs> okay. I don't All think right. I could pull off a boiler suit cravat combo. Not in, wi- oh, no, not, not in, uh, not in Wrexham on a Saturday no. night, no. No, um, no I, I do like them. I, I prefer this look to the next look in Terror. Yeah, these are more um, alien-like, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're scarier. They're yes. Big. And I love the fact that they're they're not a slow, plodding monster. They bloody run everywhere. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's almost Terminator 2, where it, uh, it yeah. gets uh, shotgun blasts to its body. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. And, and we're not used to this um, in Doctor Who. This, again, set another chalk it up to this is a new area of Doctor Who. We're used to, to comfy, bloodless deaths... And this whole sequence is... I mean, when um, when Ransom is killed in a tent, it's shocking. Mm. You know, not, not because you see blood or anything, but it's just there's no sentimentality to it. It's like you, you feel these people are dying. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real sort of sea change in this programme. It must have shocked viewers at the time that it's like, this is the... This is the show about the comfy space magician. Right? Yes, that, that wasn't yeah. he a space hobo? Yeah. 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 Um, episode three ends with General Scobie meeting his shiny duplicates. Yes. Um, I love Scobie. He is so stupid. And he he, pa- he, he plays evil. He plays the yeah. uh, the replica Scobie very well. Yeah. But I, you say you know it, it's a budget cost thing, isn't it? You just put some Vaseline on their face, yeah. but it does make everybody look a bit daft that they don't yeah. spot that that's well, not no one, yeah no one says to him you're right you look a bit sweaty do you fall in a vat of vaseline yeah. or something well, um, pra- perhaps that's army etiquette you don't you don't ask your general if he's been using vaseline mm. i like hearing this story how it's not the doctor who puts two and two together because it's liz who makes the, the who realizes that the balls are a collective intelligence yeah uh, needing a, a, a physical form and it's the brigadier who's responsible for the final link uh, mentioning that Scobie had a dummy made for yeah. Madame Two Swords yeah it's, I, I like this it's, this is probably more so than it ever gets again this is a true ensemble piece um, they give yeah Liz isn't just a, I mean compare her to the later Joe Grant introduction um Liz is a fully formed character from the off, contributing valuable stuff. The Brigadier is a hard-ass soldier doing sensible stuff. Mm. Unit are trained killers doing sensible stuff. Yeah, it's 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 brilliantly done. Um, mm. And everyone shines. There's not. I don't think there's one duff performance in this. No, no. I, I'll tell you what's duff now, looking back on it. I can remember, you know, when I was little, when this was out around that time, you know, Madame Two Swords was the oh place God. to go, you know. Yeah. But that's the real Madame Two Swords that they yeah. filmed in. What, and what a dump. It's a dump. You yeah. just walk along through a room looking at some dusty dummies. Honestly, though, the first time I went to Madame Two Swords, first time I was sort of went to London on my own, and I thought, I'll do Baker Street. And then just around the corner, Madame Two Swords and the Planetarium. I'll do that. And the first time you go into Madame Two Swords, it is a dump. Mm. And, and I just don't, I don't quite understand the the appeal of waxworks. The only way it's such the, a weird thing. The only thing that I get out of it is when you see how titchy some of these, yeah. you know, big movie stars are, and you and and, and you go, ha ha, I am taller than you, yeah. you know. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's about. I'm, I'm taller yeah. than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I am. Yeah. Mm. But, but it's weird because I, I went to the um, the Hollywood Wax Museum when I was in America, um, and it's 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 awful. But at least it's like you go in and like there's the Star Trek bridge. They've made the whole Star Trek bridge. You go into um, Universal section and they've made the Frankenstein castle. But yeah, Madame Two Swords is like here's a waxwork put it in a corner. Yeah. They don't. There's no attempt to to make it an experience. Um, and I love the fact that. And this would have been sort of true at the time, because um, uh, the doctor goes, Liz, do you recognise any of these people? <laughs> she goes, oh, I think they're all civil servants. And it's like, yeah, only in Britain would we bother making a waxworks room full of wax civil servants. And you have an audience. Um, yeah. you, you have a crowd looking to have a look at it. Oh, look, that's, that's Sir John Philippe. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And I love the, this, this guy, who looks a bit like John Gielgud, the, the guide... He steals that scene. Mm. That's an old trooper in it. He wanders in with his back to the camera, and I imagine he wasn't meant to turn around. But he does that old thespian thing of, oh, I'm just going to have a look around <laughs> while I'm trying. He's brilliant. I love him. I don't know where he is, but I hope he had a good career. <laughs> um, perhaps it was a master. But, uh, yeah, so the, the, the Doctor does his Sherlock Holmes bit, and realises that Scobie's watch is fully wound. Why would you put um, that on a yeah, dummy, he says. Exactly, yeah. yeah, he's right. I mean... And keep it wound up. That yeah. dates it. And it's been wound up as well. You yeah, know, what no he, electric watches. A simple way to prove it, though, what he should have done, cup his bollocks. You're not <laughs> going to put bollocks on a waxwork. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, next we've got, um, you know, Channing and Hibbert discuss yeah. what the thing in the box... Oh yes, yeah. Will look the, like. What's yeah. your thought of the thing in the box? Because I, I, I think <laughs> it's a quite a, a, a nice early use of cling film because yes. that's obviously all it is. Yeah, it's cling film and a fake eye uh, with a stick behind it, op- operating, pushing it imagine, in and out. Yeah, like um, <laughs> Kermit's arms, pushing it in and out. And it now you look at it and it look, it's like oh, it's it's very low budget and it's just obviously cling film. Cling film would have been new and exciting. Yep. Yeah, it's like the bubble wrap in uh, yeah, Ark exactly. in Space, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but also, even if it, even if cling film wasn't really exciting, you watch it now, it makes perfect sense because the Autons have to use plastic. Yes. What's more plastic than cling film? Um, I, I, I think it's good. I, I, I think it does the trick. It's very alien. Well, what I not, like not about the film, but yeah, no, that that's what I, I I was just about to say. It is it is so different to anything. Yeah. If it had just been a brain in a jar, you guys oh, a brain yeah, in a jar. But because you go looking at it, you go, what what is that? That's what makes it rather you know yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I I like it, and the fact that everyone's taking it seriously, so you immediately go, okay, it's not just a plywood box with a fish tank on the front. This this is what it's meant to be. Yeah, it's. It, it works for me. I love mm. the. I love it when, like you say, when Hibbert and Channing are one side each of it, and, it, and Channing's almost caressing <laughs> the screen. It's like soon, soon we'll get the swarm leader. Yep. Um, but next, next we get. I, I, I think one of the most classic moments in Doctor Who's history. You know, the the, yep. the moment on Ealing Broadway, where, yes. like you say, you don't <coughs> actually see them come out of the windows, no. but the dummies come to life with that lovely musical sting. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. They just jog, jog themselves, and they 
they move forward, and then you cut to the policeman and you hear the smashing window. In your brain, you if you if you showed this to someone and then a couple of days later said, "Did they smash the windows?" You go, "Of course they did." Mm. You yeah, the, you can see why the mind cheats on it. Um, but yes, yeah, absolutely classic uh, sequence. Loads of death in it. Just passes by being gunned down. I like the fact that this is like dawn. It's meant to be dawn. Yes. And yeah, the streets are empty, but the streets were empty back in the 70s. Yeah. And you've still got people waiting at bus stops, even yeah. though it's dawn. It's and like a little snapshot back to our childhood. Yes, yeah. I love the fact that this this is it, isn't it? Um, the, the wheels are, are moving. World domination is beginning. And basically, it's shooting a few commuters. Yeah. Well, I love it that the... Um, we cut to the unit HQ and the brigadier says, reports are coming in of, of mass attacks on military bases. All over the country. All over. We can see them. Well, at that point, they, they were meant to have used stock footage of, oh, you know, real, real crowds yeah. panicking. No, what we do get is like five dummies yeah. and some extras being gunned down. Yes, very, very similar to the footage when we finally got to see the Web of Fear. You know, where the Yetis are wandering around London, where there's obviously only three of them. Yeah, but I, I think it's a way. And also, again, um, I like my invaders to be wearing dressing gowns. I think that's a good, <laughs> good look. This sequence, this whole attack sequence in, in the novel is, uh, is much fleshed out. I remember as a kid reading it and thinking, oh my God, this must have been amazing. Yeah, you picture all this big battles and bazooka, and then you finally see it. And it's like, oh. Okay. See, this is where what, what 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 you're led to believe doesn't match with what you see. No. Because you know Channing says we are the Nestines, and that they've been colonising for thousands of millions of years. They're yeah. going from planet to planet, colonising them. Yeah. Five, five autons at a time, I guess. Yeah, five at a time. Well, it's yeah, you know, it's a tough job. That's why it's taken them a thousand million years. <laughs> you know, you've got to uh, do a bit at a time. I love the fact that the Doctor has no idea who they are. No, no. Good old days. Yes. Compare that with Rose. Yeah. Uh, well, nearly there. Uh, the battle between Unit and the Autons yeah. in that alleyway, that's the same one uh, where Unit fought the Cybermen. Yes, yeah, and it's yeah. painfully obvious if you've seen both. Yeah, it's TCC yeah. Condensers was the factory, yeah. and it is painfully obvious, yes, yeah. Um, yeah we, get, we get a nice sequence where the, the uh, fake General Scobie turns up. And he, he orders the brig to stand down. And I love that bit where John Pritt was un, unreeling his, his device he's built. Like, just speaking to this microphone. Yeah, and Scobie could just shoot him dead. Yeah. But, but yeah, he lets but, him approach oh, with it. Oh, what's that then? He wants to interview me, yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, melts him. And then while the brig's having a battle, uh, the doctor says to Liz, um, we can stop this before it gets out of hand. And just goes in the side door straight into the. Uh, the, the, the factory so why are they trying to go upstairs if you can just get in there mm -hmm. um, but yeah so they he goes into the control room and confronts uh, uh, confronts Channing because Channing's already killed Hibbert or had yes. Hibbert killed because he finally after the doctor's co coaxing uh, he broke the hypnotism and knocked a couple of knobs off of the alien swarm leader yes um, which amazingly looked like they were just glued on yeah nothing amazing that yeah but i mean he's there he's talking to channing and yeah. the thing in the box we've got the thing in the box still i it's, love that it's... channing isn't worried he's just he's just, again just talking to the doctor nicely it's like uh, 
in no threat whatsoever. It's like we've we've already uh, we've won accomplished. Yeah, we've yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still very vague of just about what this consciousness yeah. is and how it yes. works, isn't it? It never gets any better. To be fair, in any of these stories, as to how any of this actually works. No, no. Um, and and we're going to get a contradiction in the next story and the story yeah. after that. But uh, but at this point, um, the thing in the box decides it's going to grow itself a giant rubber tentacle. Yes. To attack the uh, the the doctor. I don't mind the tentacle. I do mind the colours. The colours are awful on it. Probably black better in black and white. It very um, reminded me of, of the goodies. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, and this is where I think John Pertwee veers dangerously close to mugging. Well, he, he, yeah. he's worse in Terror of the Autons with the phone Oh, cord. 100% worse, yeah. This is like a um, warm-up for a year later, isn't it? Do you want to hear what the, uh, the novelisation uh, described this Oh, do you as? have it to hand? I do, yes. Uh, standing, towering over them was the most nightmarish creature Liz had ever seen. <laughs> a huge, many-tentacled monster, something between spider, crab and octopus. The nutrient fluids from the tank were still streaming down its sides. At the front of its glistening body, a single huge eye glared at them, blazing with alien intelligence and hatred. Is that what we saw? No, we, we, we saw a rubber tentacle <laughs> and a bit of cling film in a fish tank. Yeah. Um, Terence Six, mate, he had a good old uh, imagination, didn't he? Yes, he, he he could extrapolate like nobody. He could, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I like in this story, it's Liz who saves the day. Yeah. Again, not the Doctor. Um, yeah, and it, the Doctor's just blundered straight in, gets uh, tentacled, gets all a bit hentai, doesn't it? It's a bit all. Um, yes, Liz, I didn't Liz think about is, that. <laughs> yeah, Liz is uh, is immediately something's wrong. I'm going to check. I mean, it's it's so obvious that the leads come out. She's obviously never tried to run any sort of audio equipment, has she? Always check your phonos. Yes, yeah. check your phonos. Um, and it ends with the doctor saying he'll work for Unit if he can have yeah. a lab and a similar car and the help of Liz. Yeah, I, I love this closing scene. Because it's like we've defeated we've defeated the Earth. Let's go back and have a cup of tea. Mm. <coughs> and, I, and again, it makes it all the more realistic, and sort of you get this family feel because the Doctor just doesn't bugger off. He's there, and he's like, "Yeah, he's, um, he's the brig offers him a salary, and it's like I got no use for money. But yeah, if you let me repair the TARDIS, let me use Liz Shaw, because the Doctor respects her straight away. Yeah, respects her capability. Again, compare that with Joe Grant. Yeah, um, coming up. Yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah. So that's it out the way. It ends with him yeah. saying his uh, name is Dr. John Smith. Yes, and, and, which for, for a long time I thought he had made up, and this is where it comes from, but because it doesn't, it comes from the wheel in space. Yes. Jamie uh, creates the name. But yeah, it's, it, you know, everyone keeps wondering what the doctor's name is. Well, we the have it he, here. <laughs> yeah, the reason he doesn't tell people is because it's mundane. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it. Four, four of great episodes of Doctor Who this is the if you want to introduce someone to classic Who I'd say go with this one looks great it's got the quite massive feel um, it's not there's no really embarrassing special effects in it other no. than the, you know there's no CSO that's always a plus no, I'll, I'll yeah. go along with that yeah. I'll go along with that Okay, doke. Well, before we move on to their next story, shall we uh, do the adversaries of yeah, this yeah, story? I thought we'd do three out of this story. Oh, okay. I, th I thought we'd do the Autons, yep. the Thing in the Box, and Channing. 
Yes. Yeah, because all three of these stories that we're doing, you do get a representation of the full nesting at the end. Mm. And I, I don't think it's... it's. I mean, it might be damning with faint praise, but this is by far the best of them, I think. They well, go down now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the pinnacle, yes. isn't it? I yeah. think, I think, yeah. All right, let's do... Uh, Channing first, shall we? Channing. Well, okay. obviously, he won't have a design. He's not, well, he's got a Vaseline face. Yeah. He doesn't look like someone from that bloody uh, BBC, uh, children's BBC show that Mickey does with plastic hair. So um, I love Channing. I think he's a great villain. He's really well acted. He's effectively both chilling and a little bit funny. I, okay. I, I like him. So... For me... Um, this is the adversary. This yeah, is the this final is, adversary. Yeah, okay. final adversary. For me, Channing gets a... And this, again, purely personal. Channing gets a uh, 9 out of 10. Oh, a 9. I gave him an 8. Okay. okay. That's fair. So that's 8.5 for Channing. Let's do the Autons now, then. All right, the design of the Autons. This look of the boiler-suited ones with their natty cravats. Yeah, I quite like... I, I, I thought it was interesting they're wearing... Um, uh, invasion cyber boots left over. Um, I hadn't spotted that. Yeah, are they really? The, the, yeah, so are they silver? silver? Army boots, yep. Um, they obviously just had a load of them. Like, what, what should we put on their feet? Oh, we got these. Um, yeah, I quite like it. It's simple. It's very effective, very alien. Um, I don't quite like the way that the, the thin latex head starts to pucker when they're moving about. The, the top there's something not quite right they've got dimples galore but I, I think again probably one of the better Auton representations um, but not not greatly classic are we doing are we cutting these down to design and, yeah design effect okay. there is an adversary on this okay yeah. so yeah so design wise then I think it's a, it, it is a good design um, it's going to be a little bit higher than their effective rate if so I, for design I'm going to give them a 7 Okay, well, I gave him a six. All right, so that's six and a half. And how effective are they? Um, they 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 don't quite come across, I think, how they wanted them to. But I do love the fact that they run about. I love their gun arms. Um, their arms do get very long when they have the gun on, which is mm. weird. Um, but on this one, I'm going to drop down to a six for their effectiveness. That's where I was. Yeah. I, st I stayed at six as well. Yeah, for, for, for everything that you just said. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's a, uh, an adversary rating then of 6.25 for them. And then we've got the thing in the box. What do you, um, like, well, what do you think it looks like? Yeah, well, design-wise, I think it's, it, it's all right. It works. <coughs> oh, all, all the, um, I think all the planning was to have this massive, crabby sort of macro style creature but again and, and they're very much so in terms of the autons the budget gets away from them so they can't do what they want to do um but what they ended up doing i think the design is is fine it's just a you know a plywood box with a, an alien creature in um i don't think it's anything greatly special i'm going to give design wise a six on that. all right well i gave them a five and just right. kept it distinctly average okay so that's five and a half on design and how effective is the cling film in a fish tank? Um, it is until it grows tentacles. Yeah, that's what and lets think, it down. Yeah, for a lot of people, <clears> that's the... Because you've been building up through three and a half episodes 
to reveal this creature, and it, it's just not there, is it? It's it's a bit of a letdown. Um, after you've watched it a few times, the, the sting comes off it, and you can appreciate what it is. But but I think it's this this for me is a very very average five. Okay, well I went the other way. I gave it a six because I'm discounting the the tentacle. I I like the in and out of yeah. the cling film and everything that's going on there. You know. Yeah. So yeah, he good. stays at five and a half then. So okay. adversary rating then five and a half. All right. Okay. Right. Well, we'll, we'll move on to the next story then, shall we? Yeah. One year later. And how much has changed? Yeah. You call this ruin? Well, it's the wrong colour and the wrong texture. Of course it's ruined. You don't appreciate its full potential, no, do and you? I don't want to. It doesn't meet our specification. This plastic has got unique properties, Mr. McDermott. Allow me to demonstrate. So, uh, you're, you're a magician as well as a colonel, eh? I am many things. I will. That's as may be, but, but... But you're not a director of this company, Colonel Masters. I'm in charge of production here, and I answer only to Mr. Farrell and his father. Look, why don't you try it? Well, you'll never sell that. I'll tell you that for nothing. Sure, it looks like... like a black pudding. Try sitting in it. This is... Well, certainly when I was, um a young nipper of a fan, this story was spoken of in hushed tones as being the pinnacle, this was the classic, this was the best story ever, you had, there's a reason that there was complaints from the Viewers and Listeners Association on the, the violence and the rah, rah, rah. and um, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a lower rent retread of Spearhead from Space, same story. Um, I think only memorable because it introduces the master. Um, I think if the master wasn't introduced, it would not have the the fan back in. Well, it. if the master wasn't in it, it would be even more like Spearhead from oh, yeah, Space, indeed. wouldn't it? Because you would have had a hypnotic second version of Chanin. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, I think this is this is possibly, other than a, a story that was made of CSO, something like Underworld. This is the most egregious use of CSO It is ever. shocking because you don't yeah. expect it, you know, and suddenly it's there, you know, because... Well, it, it, yeah. I was going to say, it was done... If, you, if you've watched the CSO thing, this was done as a, an experiment by Barry Letts because he, he had the idea that you could... You didn't need to make any sets. So he would... Where, where there was a set for one scene, so like the... You know the the museum where the nesting was kept, or the kitchen. He would use a, a CSA photograph to see whether it works, and it doesn't. It's awful. He's preempting green screen, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's, he's invented Captain Zep. <laughs> A decade early. And it, it is very jarring because, you know, yeah. uh, the story opens with the master arriving in his horse box and hypnotising the, the circus owner. And then immediate quick cut to him stealing yeah. one of the pods with the CSO background. And the, 
the direction of this, like, I don't know who directed this one. Should I do not have it to hand. But the direction is awful. All of these CSO shots are done as tight close-ups, presumably to try and minimise the, the look of the CSO. But it's so sort of discombobulating, isn't it? You, when you first watch it, you go, what, the, what was that meant to be? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I always forget that they're in this story, and then I'll yes. watch it. It's like, what the oh, bloody hell was that? Oh, no, it's awful. Um, and couple that with the atrocious music. Mm, it is poor. Um, terrible, terrible music. Yeah, this, in in all respects, for me, personally, in all respects, this is vastly inferior to Spearhead from Space. Barring one stunt scene. All right, well... Yeah. Let's let let's move through. This is a story of first because this is the yep. first Joe Grant story, yes, isn't it? Yes, introductions here. So yeah, first Joe Grant, and we we meet her uh, in a, a playful comedy um, sequence where she destroys the Doctor's um, uh, static micro welding or something. And I blame the Doctor here because she comes in and he goes, "Oh no," as if something's gone wrong, and then hmm. he goes, "Well." Smoke, you always get smoke with this micro welder. Well, why did you shout out, Oh no, then? Mm. Deserves what he got there, I think. <laughs> yes. He says, Oh no, when she says, I'm your new assistant, yes. as well. <laughs> you know, what a contrast to Liz. Yeah. Um, um, the, the, this is the start, as well, of, I think, of the, um, the element of the Doctor's character where he's a bit of a git. Mm. You know, because, yeah, and perhaps it's because Liz left. And the doctor is like, oh, I've, I've lost my best mate now. So he's a bit resentful of anybody yeah, I else think so. that comes yeah, along. Yeah, I think he would be resentful of anyone, uh, especially Joe Grant. But then you you sort of think, um, you think, oh, no, that wasn't a very good introduction. And, uh, okay. And then we get another introduction to another uh, new character, Mike Yates. <laughs> I for, I'd forgotten this is the first Mike yeah, Yates. Yeah, first Mike. Oh, dear. Oh, he dear, starts dear. as he goes on as well, though, doesn't he? Because he's awful. He's just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've also got the very first use of the Master's compression gun, of course. Oh, yes, yeah. We'll see the result of that in a minute. But before that, we've got the bowler-hatted Time Lord. Oh, yeah. Um, warns of the Jackanape Master. Because at yes. this point, it, oh, oh, him again. He's not the universal threat that he no, will no, become. He's, he's a classmate of the Doctor's that, that is a bit of a meddler. Yeah, he um, says he's always yeah. causing trouble. Yeah. Yeah, he's more of a Loki type yes. figure. Um, I quite like. I know a lot of fans don't like. I quite like this time lord that just appears. I mean, I could do without the comedy effects, comedy sound effects. Um, but yeah, because this is the first time we've heard of the time lord since um, uh, War, War Games. Games yeah, it? yeah. Um, yeah, it comes to warn the Doctor. I and I and again, I suppose this is a script being written before the sets are made. I mean, the the set. All the sets in this, but especially the set for the um, uh, radio telescope, are awful. They look like they've been made by a five-year-old. With crap but CSO round. With it. crap CSO. And I don't get it, because the, the, <clears throat> the time log goes, oh, um, you might want to look in there. And a doctor does this sort of thing where he pushes the door open gently, and he pulls the string, and he works out. Just look through the window that's next door. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> 
he, he manages to, um, you know, disarm the bomb, doesn't he? And, and they yes. find Gooch in the lunchbox. That's a nice yeah. little shot, that. That's what you want to use CSO for, mm. isn't it? If you can't afford to build a kitchen set or film in a kitchen set, don't include that scene. But, yeah, I think that's, it's quite nice because, yeah, he's, he'd been complaining of getting boiled eggs again. I say, mate, make your own lunch. Yeah. Make your wife make it if you don't like what she's making. Mm. Um, well said. But yeah, he gets uh, he gets compressed. Um, which the fact that the master has killed all these people is forgotten about right at the end, then it? it's like, oh, he's mm. awake now. Yeah, yeah he's he, he's a laugh now. Um, yeah, the he's the, the the master has sent a message to the nesting consciousness. Um, Weirdly, I don't. Again, I don't quite understand. They've stolen the the only complete nesting sphere. Yes. Which one was that? I think that's the one of the swarm leader. But but they empty it. He empties the consciousness from it. Well, yeah. Chenin does. And but they make out that there's still some remnant of this consciousness in it, and the master uses it to 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 contact the the. The rest of the nesting, um, using the cheapest, fakest, horriblest-looking control dials <laughs> in the universe. They, I mean, at what point would the director go? No, I'm not putting up with that, guys. Not even the Tomorrow People would have had oh, these. Awful, just utterly awful. Um, but yeah, it, the idea is that for some reason we we get a lot of that in this one. For some reason. The master wants the nestings to invade Earth. Hmm. I'm not sure why. I think that's as far as it goes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing the Doctor, Im imagining that the nestine are like octopi in their natural yeah. form, is because he's seen a bloody great uh, yeah, tentacle he, yeah, wrapped around was, him. He, he was uh, nabbed by one, so yeah, I can imagine that's where you would go. They're, they're originally octopus-like creatures, or he says, I imagine they're octopus-like creatures or something, aren't they? Again, yeah, he doesn't quite know, I don't think. No, but how does he know that was a tentacle that grabbed him before? That could have been Ooh, a penis, in which case could have been any animal. Yeah, well, I, I, it must be fun watching Doctor Who around your house. <laughs> yeah. He this? says... You know what that is? <laughs> it's an alien penis. Well, he's got to find a ball, hasn't he? They've got to find That's the ball. True, yes. Um, and it's they need to search... Yes, they need to search all plastic factories. Yes. Including Michael Wisher's one. Yes, yeah, we, we meet our Hibbert and sort of we've already met our Channing, which is now the master, same pretty much the same character. Um, it's it's amazing how ill defined the master is and how much it relies on Roger Delgado being absolutely brilliant. Because there's very little characterization here for him to play on. Yeah, um, but th th there's nothing in the script to give you no. motivation or any reasoning nothing, for doing yeah. things. But you buy it because it's Roger Delgado. Yes. You think about it for two minutes. You go, what's he getting out of this? What? Mm. Um, but yeah, so so he's he's found this uh, factory run by Davros, um, and he, he again can quickly hypnotise. Um, oh, what's his name? What's the Dermot? Name? I think. Is, no, it? no, no. Dermot's the guy who questions everything. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who's going to end up dead by. A chair, a chair, the inflatable yes. chair, isn't he? That's it. Yeah. So, because he's, he's, yeah, he comes back. He comes back a couple of scenes later, don't he, to have a go at the master, because they, 
all the all the factory has been turned over to making these these awful inflatable chairs. Um, again, it's not age well that is it because you can just go and buy these inflatable chairs now. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice sequence. It is quite icky. But it, literally, it's a guy in reverse film pulling an, uh, a slowly deflating inflatable chair over his head. Yes. Yeah. Um, but somehow it works. And it has become a classic moment, classic, as yeah, you say. It's shown on all the clip shows, and, isn't it? And, and we get a rather wonderful deadpan. The end, the end, uh, the end yeah, line. Are you going to say exactly? Yeah, Michael Wisher with um, uh, find out what his termination benefits are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, superb. Yes. I love Michael Wisher. Yeah, he, he's he he's great in everything as he well. Is, yes. Yeah. And then we get the troll doll. What people yes. call the troll doll. They, the, the troll dolls didn't look exactly like this, but no, you no, can see that's what they're referencing. Yeah, they're they're basing it on those weird troll things. I remember when hair. that was a big yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You got them in, um, in petrol stations. I that's think there right, was yeah. a, a petrol promotion where you could get them as well. Yeah, and they, they were bloody of, they everywhere. Were over, they were taken over by Smurfs eventually, weren't they? The same. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Nonsense. Yeah, troll. Everyone wanted them. I remember my sister was very much into. Them. Um, this is much, much uglier, though. Mm. Um, I could see, I could see this taking off now. This, this horrible doll. Um, I could see people buying. Yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you know what it reminds me of, especially the the the, the brown colours of it, is that when I was, you know, around this time, I think when I was about, you know, ten or eleven or anything, in toy shops, there seemed to be a phase for you. You had uh, plastic uh, shrunken heads. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know, like pygmy shrunken heads yeah. in toy shops. There, there was definitely a phase where toys were ugly, weren't they? Yes, definitely. This this is playing on that, I think. Um, but yeah, the um, the the oh, I want to say Rex. Is it Rex? Michael Wish's character. Oh, Farrell. Farrell, that's it. Rex. Rex. Is it Rex? It's nothing oh. like Farrell. I don't know. Perhaps I, Perhaps it was his dog I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, Farrell, uh, he, uh, his dad turns up um, and he's a right obnoxious old gear. And um, yeah, the master goes and gets his car for him and tosses the, uh, the doll on the back seat. Yeah, and, yeah, and the father just didn't yeah. quite notice yeah. when he lobbed it on the back seat. Yeah, it's a bit, I love, I love the sequence, but not for the reason that you'd think. I love it because I love those old cars from the 70s and I'm just watching like oh that's got a quarter light that opens on the window it's the heaters where you turn the heater on by sliding it across horizontally (laughs) I had cars like that yeah my Cortina Um, had a heater (laughs) like that yes yeah because the uh, the Auton doll is activated by heat Mm. Uh, so don't take it to bed and cuddle it you won't wake up um I'm trying to think what's happening um unit wise at this point is well, Is the doctor's the been that... arrested um, by these police, and oh, yes. Unit yes. realised that wasn't an official police car. Yes, because we we get the um, the the slightly racist sequence of the uh, silent, thick, strong man at the circus. Oh, I'd forgotten about him. Yeah. Yes, who yeah. was uh, was it Toberman? He was. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, not a good sequence to watch now. But yeah, so Joe Grant rescues him because the doctor's gone to investigate this circus. Um, and then the police turn up and we get that classic episode ending, but it's awful, where where they're looking at um, the stunt guy uh, and then 
it cuts back to the Doctor and the Doctor reaches over and suddenly it's this awful mask yeah, with no eyes. It's just the logic yeah. of this Auton policeman allowing the Doctor to reach forward well, and pull his mask off. But none of this makes any sense because this is the Autons under the Master's control that come to stop him from being killed by the Master's plan to have him killed at the circus. <laughs> I mean... I. I know there's a, a classic line about the master that the Rani gives that if you tried to walk in a straight line you'd get dizzy. I think that's possibly true. Why Why has he saved the Doctor? Has he gone, ha, ah, the Doctor's almost dead, but I'll save him for a fate worse than being almost dead. Um, maybe this is what it is, yeah. yeah. But um, we do get a classic episode ending. It is a classic, um, absolutely, yeah. Um, and we... In the next episode, we get another classic iconic image, which are the big-headed carnival-style oh, daffodil sellers. I thought he was going to say the quarry. Oh, no, no, we're coming to yeah. the quarry. Yeah, uh, this, this is very. This is the image that everyone remembers uh, from photos of this story, which is, yeah, the carnival-headed autons. Um, what, what do you think of them? Um... Well, again, if I think about it, it makes no sense whatsoever yeah. because this is world domination now. Davros has hired a coach. <laughs> so, so these Autons are going to go out and give out daffodils to... Uh, what did he say at the end? 450,000 people have yeah. been affected by it. That, for world domination, that's not a lot of people being affected. It's a coach um, trip. Yeah, but it, it's, again, so parochial in 70s, isn't it? This is, this is the same sort of coach trip that in Carry On Up Your Convenience they yes. do. Um, it's, yeah, it's like they're, they're having a jolly to Blackpool. It's so, oh, it's so low-key. We're going to invade the, the Earth by coach. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and this is also the first time we hear an Auton speak, don't oh, yes. we? Yeah. Um, I quite like their voices. Yeah, I, I thought the voice was all right. Yeah, again, they're just sort of some sort of modulation on the voice. Um, but yeah, we've never, in Spearhead, Autons didn't speak. The, only the replicas yes. spoke. Um, and we don't need the replicas. They don't even mention the replicas in this. They're not, not going to bother using them. No, too much, no. Too much hassle. Well, we've got the troll still, haven't we? Because the troll That's kills yeah. Farrell Senior, doesn't and it? Again, this is awfully edited, this sequence. There's, like, almost every other clip of it is blue screen, is um, CSO. Mm -hmm. And it just, the editing is awful. The music's awful. The, the woman's reaction to it is just hilarious. Oh, yeah, I don't think this scene works. Yeah, it's, it's always shown it's a classic scene um, of death by... <laughs> Hideous rubber troll. Did this get complaints that this is too scary, or yes. you know you yeah, can't have so. children's toys coming to life? The, the, I know the, the the police federation complained about showing policemen as the villains uh, because obviously there was a big thing at the moment at the time of it, kids. If you're in trouble, go to a policeman, ask a policeman, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this put it back. And I think the viewers and listeners association complained about the violence in this one. Right. Right. But, you know, you've said before um, about the giant maggots that you were wary about walking over a grating yeah. in case there was one down there. Did this Terror of the Autons give you a fear of dummies when you walked past um, a showroom? A, a no, department I, store? I, I um, again, I didn't remember it from uh, from when it was shown. So my, my memories of these are from much later on. 
when uh, you know I, I, I was probably about 14, 15 when I first saw these. So um, I only occasionally used to uh, wet myself. Oh, uh, right. No, see, I think I did watch this. I've got a vague memory of yeah. watching this when I would have been, um, um, yeah, nine. So, yeah. yeah. It was a superbly popular story, this one. Mm, yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. Um, we've got the um, the crap CSO troll again uh, waking yes. up uh, when Joe's or Mike Yates has put the Bunsen burner on because they're going to make some cocoa, and it wakes up and terrorises Joe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's not edited together too well either, is it? No, no. We also get a classic example of yeah, it's always well documented that John Pertwee couldn't couldn't ad lib lines. So he learned his script 100%, and that's what he stuck to. Because, because we get a classic one where um, uh, Mikey Yates, the actor, obviously says a completely different line to what he was meant to, and Pertwee comes back with the response to what he was meant to say. It makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. It's like, mm. I, was, I, was, uh, I was making some cocoa, Doctor. You were making a tin of what? <laughs> what? Hang on, no, he didn't. <laughs> No, he didn't, he didn't mention that. Oh, um, yeah, so, but yeah, it's quite a nice sequence, but it's, yeah, it's really badly edited, so what's going on? Um, and then we get this, the weirdest autopsy scene where the doctor cuts open. The, he the, does fair stab it with the scalpel, yes, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, fair dues. Yes. Um, do you remember that sorbo rubber that it was made from? They, they used yes, to make, um, yes. I remember the smell of it. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say that. I can smell that rubber when he cuts it open yeah it's so evocative yeah um he says when he's like you know uh um examining it he's saying anything plastic then can be made alive i thought in the first one they were constructed right yes um but in this one they can move their consciousness into anything at all yeah in in the first one it was um that they constructed the the bodies out of plastic, and then the consciousness could go into them. Yes. But in this one, yeah, they can take over anything that's plastic, which does make you wonder why they're bothering with like the daffodils and the dolls and things like that, because there's so much plastic in people's homes. Oh yes. Yeah. Just take that over, you know. Yeah, and why daffodils? You you could you could have every action man and yeah. Cindy doll. That would have been good. You know, just come yeah. to life. Or even take over the plastic in in a fuse or a switch box box in a nuclear reactor yeah switch yourself off there you go yeah it doesn't quite bear th- and again the master's plans just they're mad i think yeah. it's mad even at this point <laughs> um the other thing about you know their consciousness can go into anything plastic if they're not making these autons i mean somebody's got to be the I'm thinking about the mechanical workings of these guns. Yeah. They've got to be put in that plastic body, haven't yeah. they? because the guns are not plastic. The guns aren't plastic, so somebody yeah. must be making these and putting these in. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, in our next story, in rows, who the bloody hell has made all them then? Because we've got no plastic yeah. factory in that story, have we? No, we, we, we've given up at that point, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I've got lots of question marks for the next bit. Which oh, is when the doctor, when they go and you know they're trying to work out what's going on, and they go to the plastic factory, yeah. and the doctor spends a long time opening the safe, and he opens the safe, and there's an auton inside the safe. Yeah. Why? 
I presume the master's put it there knowing the doctor would open the door. Yeah, I, but I mean, the master the, the, doesn't want him dead because the master's just about to call him on the telephone. That's true. Yeah, although he's mental, isn't he, the master? I don't think he's making much sense. I mean, it's a nice shock, but yeah, it doesn't bear any thinking about. I mean, I'm presuming right to this day, then, there's a safe somewhere with a, an auton bored out of his mind. Just waiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that episode ends with death by telephone cord, and yes. yeah, this oh, this is John mugging to the camera, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and... I, I don't quite know why they needed to bother putting a long cord in. If they can just... Because, weirdly, the master calls up the Doctor to have a bit of a glow, as he likes to do, and then he uses some little sonic device to activate the cord. But isn't it the nesting consciousness that has to be in the cord? How is that going down the telephone lines? And know. if the nesting consciousness can go down telephone lines, well, you, you've just conquered the planet as it is. Yes, that's a that's a nesting in the plastic cord. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's almost as if they've roughly slammed together two storylines: mm. <coughs> the master's one and the, the nesting one. Uh, yeah, not 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 a strong sort of episode ending. No, and it's resolved just by the doctor calling out brigadier, and the brigadier yeah. comes in and rescues him. Yeah, unplugs the phone. Yeah, sensible. <coughs> he is. Yeah. Yeah, but why does unplugging the phone stop it? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't I don't think they put much thought into it. Because is the consciousness in it? Is that even still a thing now? Is that the master's device controlling it? So it's immaterial. Oh, so it might not be anything to do with yeah. the nestings. Oh, it might might be. That's why he know. needs that device. Uh, episode four, we've got Joe using the radio, a shortwave yes. radio, triggers the, uh, the daffodil. Yeah. Off and sprays this plastic onto her face. Yeah, uh, this is a, it's quite a clever idea. Mm. This whole sort of sequence that yeah, it it only requires a small film of of, uh, of cling film. Yeah, but the person's got to be looking at the daffodil yeah. when the radio's working for that to yeah. work. Also, I do love the fact that it, later on the doctor works out that um, CO two breaks down the plastic so that it melts you've just killed the person they're not breathing CO2 yes yeah 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 anymore. yeah yeah that don't make sense either no. uh <clears throat> we get our first ever meeting of the doctor and the master now yep. and uh yeah there, there's the number Four hundred fifty thousand daffodils yep. are out there to kill people and the disruption caused by it and the distraction so the nestings can land their invasion force. From where? Have yeah, the nestings from, got a spaceship or what? Well, no, because late at the end of this episode, he has to beam them in using the mm. radio telescope. Oh, of course, um, yes, yeah. Yeah, so they're not around at the moment. So, That's But where I'm are thinking. they? Hanging out. Hanging out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no. We've just been talking about Brett on Alien in Character yes. and about how when Brett dies, uh, you had three stuntmen. Well, one of them's here now, old Roy Scammell. That, that's the guy who falls from the radio telescope um, and does that big, I think it was about a 40-foot drop. It's yeah, not it's quite, certainly it's not... Nice not the, yeah. And yeah. that's oh, when... My, my favourite stunt, which we, we didn't really cover, is when they're in the quarry. And the, the oh, when he goes down, the car, and he goes, and he, he goes all the way down, to the bottom. But then 
as soon as he hits the bottom, he's up he, and starting to He's like a Terminator. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's one like, of my favourite bits. It's like old Robert Patrick in Terminator yeah. 2, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I, that was Roy Scammell. And, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently it was going to be just, like, cut very quickly. He's hit, and then you see him at the bottom. Yeah. But Roy Scammell said to the director, no, look, this will be better. I can do this. You know, just feel me going down there. We yeah. can do it all in one take, and he did. And you know, yeah, up he gets, and starts coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is a good stunt. Yeah, um, yeah, that's when the nestine arrives. This energy octopus yeah. between two uh, two uh, radio telescopes. That's a bit quite a mass. It's the old uh, energy demon arriving at the end of quite a mass in the pit, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, that was a bit more believable. This this is literally just a almost a sparkly effect. Um, over a, a CSO shot of the radio telescopes, and I, th- I think because again it was meant to be this um, sort of uh, big, big sort of octopus spider creature, which is if you if you look at the Chris Achilleos uh, novelization cover, it's great on that. Is I that on it? That. That's on it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, but instead, we get this like just light, a ball of light with slight tentacles. Um, and the, the doctor says to the master, do you think you can bargain with that? And he looks up at the ball of light and goes, oh, I immediately changed my allegiance. What? It takes one line from the doctor yeah. for the doctor to go, for the master to go, oh, yes. Now, had it been the most, the most disgusting, evil-looking creature ever appearing, you might have gone, okay, the master didn't know what he was dealing with and the sight of it has turned, you know, in a Cthulhu-type way. You know, it's an eldritch creature, and it's like, oh, gut level, I can't trust this. It's just a blob of light. Yeah, I've, I've just called. How much call- thought <coughs> did the master put yeah. into this plan? I've just called up the uh, the yeah. Chris Achilleos um, cover. Uh, yeah, that would have been yeah a, rather better. <coughs> well, oh, any, anything would have been better. Yeah, and uh, so that's it. They have to team up, don't they? Yeah. Uh, to uh, defeat. The nesting and they yeah, do. using techno babble and pressing a few controls and winding a few cheap spools. Uh, yeah, they they get rid of the nesting and that's it. It's like you know, they the the nestings are gone, almost well, like they were shoehorned into a story just to pad it out. Which is odd, seeing as yeah. it's a story all about them. And yeah. we think the master gets shot, don't we? Because he, yes. he, he like gets in the um, it, coach this, and then yeah. gets out the coach. Well, this makes no sense as well. So the master runs for the coach and then literally five seconds later comes out of the coach mm. and they shoot him. And then the doctor's like, don't be so sure. And they pull off a cheap rubber mask and it's foul. So they had time to swap their clothes. <laughs> yes. Because Farrell wasn't wearing the same thing as the Master. No, but originally it was meant to be an Auton version that of the Master, sense, not yeah. Farrell. So, do you think? So, do you think the the Master's sort of disguise skills have become one of his defining features? That was just because it was Autons and plastic; they could work plastic. Again, when it, 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 when you look at the beginnings of the Master's character, it's, it's so sort of not planned out innit? no they didn't know yeah. where they were going no, no. With, with that character did they yeah he can hypnotize because Channing can hypnotize he can wear plastic disguises because he was working with the author and they've become his defining characteristics yes yeah, for the rest of the yeah show's history yeah yeah mm. 
All right, that's Terror of the Autons. Yes. So we've only only really got the Autons in this story because yes. Farrell's not really an adversary, and is he? And we can't yeah, talk we about can't. the Master. And we can't talk about that nesting at the end. No, no. Should we? It's barely there. I know. And it it's, doesn't it's, do anything it's, except it's shimmer. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be living in uh, a caravan right in the bottom of that. Yeah. Let's yeah. just do the Autons, these yes, new okay, Autons. Yeah. So, Because <laughs> there's two different versions in there. We've got the... The, the, the police style autons and the, the auton in the safe and then the autons with their big googly plastic heads well we'll do both then yeah okay alright so do you want the police one these blank faced yeah we, weirdly although it's a year later I don't know why they bothered redoing the masks um, perhaps the originals were uh, de you know, uh, decomposed a bit or were difficult to wear but I think this is a, a sort of a step down. They just look cheap. Mm. Um, to be fair, the other, you know on harsh video, the other ones might have looked just as bad or even worse, and and films rescued them. But yeah, I I don't I don't think they're great. Um, these autons, um, design wise, I mean it's pretty much the same design, isn't it? Mm. Um, what did I give design for the last one? Uh, seven. Seven. Okay, I'm getting. I go six for the design on these ones. Okay, I got five, so yeah. that's five and a half. How effective are the, uh, um, they, the copper me, ones? They, they don't really work at all. The, it looks. I don't like the the look of this mask. How they've realised it. it it's, it's somehow a step backwards. They talk um, though. You've got to they do, factor yeah, in the talk. They've got a good voice. Okay, so I was going to give them a four, but uh, yeah, they've got a good voice, so I I got five. Five okay, that's what I've got. Okay, okay. So that is. Uh, hang on. Oh, my calculator's turned off. Five point two five. All right. Good. Five point two five, and now the other Autons. <clears throat> what um, do you so think of those? Design-wise, I think it's, it's it's quite a nice idea. It's you know, it's it's different. It's making something sort of mundane and everyday into something evil. So I think design-wise for these, um, I'm going to go for a seven. Okay, I was going for a six, so that's six and a half. How effective are they? Um, they don't really do a lot. But they are, it's quite a creepy image when they're coming out of the coach and lined up in the field now. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with the seven for effectiveness. Okay, and I stayed with the six. Okay. So that's six and a half, so that's six and a half for them. It's an easy one to work in. Yes, right, okie doke, here we go then. Pulled his arm off. Yep. <laughs> Plastic. Very clever, nice trick. Who were they then, students? Is this a student thing or what? Why would there be students? I don't know. Well, you said it. Why students? Because to get that many people dressed up and being silly, they got to be students. That makes sense. Well done. Thanks. They're not students. Whoever they are, when Wilson finds them, he's going to call the police. Who's Wilson? Chief electrician. Wilson's dead. That's just not funny. That's sick. Hold on. Mind your eyes. I've had enough of this now. Who are you then? Who's that lot down there? I said, who are they? They're made of plastic, living plastic creatures. And they're being controlled by a relay device in the room, which will be a great big problem if I didn't have this. So, I'm going to go upstairs and blow it up. 
and I might well die in the process, but don't worry about me, no. You go on, go on, go and have your lovely beans on toast. Don't tell anyone about this, because if you do, you'll get them killed. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life! Next story, and last story, I mean, we've got a little bit more to say after the end of it, but uh, let's get... Not, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure whether we'll we'll be waxing lyrical as much about this one. Waxing um, lyrical, very good, very good. Uh, again, another Doctor's introductory story. Yep, another first, yep. Another companion <coughs> introduction. Yep. <coughs> no Excuse more cakes. Well, there is that. There is that, yeah. Yep. Mickey, Mike... Michael, oh god, it's all connected. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this since transmission. Um, no, me, me either. I, I saw this a week before transmission. Yes, you said, yeah. Yeah, I, I managed to get my hands on from a, a, a contact of mine. I said contact, just a mate. <laughs> Sounds better when it's contact. A shady yes. contact. I went to a, an underground gang. An associate of yours. Yes, an associate. Um, uh, and got a... a a disc copy of um, the preview which they sent out to uh, journalists and it was really weird because it, it didn't have the correct music on it, it had the Tom Baker theme music on it, it didn't really have the, the right uh, credits and, and certain scenes were missing because they didn't they didn't want the story plot points going out but it was really interesting, I remember watching it uh, like a week before and feeling very very uh, very very conspiratorial, so who works in the doctor and um I remember enjoying it, but thinking, oh, I hope it gets better than this. Mm. Um, I thought it was very... Mm, okay, and then when it when it was transmitted a week later, and saw it, and saw the proper theme and that, and it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I hope it gets better than this. Yeah. I can remember sitting there that Saturday night with yeah. my son, who was five, and it's like, father and son encountering yeah. brand new Doctor Who this is going to be brilliant it should be and magical shouldn't it? it should be magical and I can clearly remember this opening shot where we zoom in from space down into London yeah. and it becomes bloody EastEnders um, and just finding that a bit jarring it's like what 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 um, but what, yeah what's, am what's amazingly jarring about this opening sequence is just how Sherlock it is the music, mm. the way it's filmed, the quick cuts. The quick cuts, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, mercifully, we're not in a flat too long, but we follow Rose yeah. to work and we see a day in the life of through montage. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea to to reintroduce people to the character of Doctor via the companion. I thought that's, that's not a bad idea. I think where it goes wrong is this, this story really shows what goes wrong with with the Doctor and Rose later on in that Rose is almost immediately an obnoxious character. Oh, not at all stand her in this. Um, and the and the Doctor and Rose together are just almost from point go smug. Just, Beyond belief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you we get some nice scenes. But then we so we we cut to so um Rose works in this um this uh, sort of um, department store. Department store—that was the word I'm looking for. Um, but I can't think of many department stores that would employ someone wearing that to be a shop floor worker. You wouldn't get that at Grace Brothers, would you? No, I mean you wouldn't. You wouldn't get it in Debenhams. I mean she's she's dressed like a chad. Um, not many retail outlets 
will go. Yeah, you can wear a you can wear a jogging suit. Yeah, why not? The badge? No, no, you don't need a badge. She looks like one of the customers. It's so poorly done. Maybe um, she's a plain clothes detective. That's why she's dressed like be. a chef. Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, they must be getting robbed blind now. <laughs> yeah. So so she's living, and we get this uh, this montage of what a boring life she's got, um, which I think is a bit. There's, there's this almost snobbery about Russell T. Davis's writing. And we've said it before about he seems to have a contempt for, air quotes, normal people. Mm. Which is really weird given some of his other work and that. But yeah, it's, it's basically saying, oh, look at this boring life Rose has got. Oh, God. You'd be suicidal. She needs someone Sorry. to take her away yeah, from it. Yeah, or... you, you, she needs a man to take her away from it. Uh, and I'm sorry, but this is most of the people in the country's life who are watching Doctor Who right now yeah, you're alienating your core viewer base, it's very strange Um, but yeah, so Rose through a contrivance of not giving the lottery money to the caretaker goes downstairs to find the caretaker Mr Wilson Um, uh, he's dead there Uh, Mm. but, and then yeah, we get this attack sequence which is quite creepy of these autons, but why are they moving so slowly before they attack her? Yeah, they're just walking very slowly towards her, raising their hands well, slowly. I haven't watched this since 2005, and yeah. I've written here why doesn't she just run away? But in a minute, yeah. they are gonna run, so why yeah. don't they just run at her to begin with? That's exactly in, in my notes the same thing. It's like, why, why did they come towards her so slowly if they wanted to kill her? Because literally the next scene, they're pegging it mm. as fast as they can. Just run over and crack a neck. Yeah. That's all in favour. I mean, um, <laughs> no, we might have ended up with Mickey as a companion. Or worse, her mum. Oh. Um, yeah, so the doctor appears. Um, run for your life. I, I, I think he's all right in this, the Chris Reckleston. He's, he's not quite as, as gurney as he gets later on. There are moments in this, though, I it's close, was... Yeah. It's like, oh, here we um, go. But, yeah, he... And I... This... this I suppose you could rationalise this because he's he's just fought the time war. Oh, awful idea. Um, but he blows up with no no fear of consequence or worry about innocent people being killed. The entire top bit of this store, just to deactivate a relay transmitter. Yes, Seems a bit over the top, Doctor. But we also know people are still in that building. Yeah, still in there, yeah. He's got no concern for it. It's like, hmm. And I don't know whether it is making some sort of some sort of statement on he's PTSD, he's gone through war, this isn't our Doctor, this is the war Doctor. Yeah, you could retroactively do that, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, but it's just, it, it leaves a bad taste. Especially, this was sort of just pre- a lot of the terrorist activity and the London bombings and that. And now it's just, it leaves a bad taste. It does. It me. does. Um, um, we get the bloody chavvy mum next. Well, well this, this bit annoys me as well. So the doctor takes Rose out of the thing, says, right, Rose, off you go, out of my life. And she takes the auton arm, and he knows she's taking the auton arm. Mm. You can see it. But then later on, when he's looking through the cat flap, he goes, I've traced your auton arm here. What are you doing here? Yeah. You saw that she had you the arm. Sh- <laughs> but yeah, we, we... Oh, God, it's a, I'm getting annoyed already. Um, but yeah, we meet we meet 
unfortunately what's going to be ongoing characters, which is her chavvy mum. Yep. Um, who's immediately, oh, isn't she funny because she's a horny older lady? Oh, my no, I'm God. I'm sorry, Russell. Um, that's not funny. That whole coming on bit is yeah. like, well, I can't say what I wanted to say because my daughters have, have arrived Talk, back home. Yeah. Talk about But it ends in off. Okay. Yeah. It ends in off. Um, it's it's awful, and this whole yeah. thing about oh my, my my daughter, hey, we can get some money, we can sell the story, we can get compensation. Yeah. It well, is it, it is contempt for yeah people. Well, they're common <laughs> people, aren't they? Yes, they, never they went are. to universities. They therefore must be conniving scroungers. Yeah, chances. Yeah, yeah. They 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 need um they need someone to come and rescue them. And then we meet Mickey. Um, and he's immediately shown to be a uh, completely useless male character. Rose just trumps all over him and shows that she, she has no love for him whatsoever. She's just using him. I mean, way to write sympathetic characters here, Russ. Well, yeah. Um, and then the Doctor turns up and we get, unfortunately, the start of, of awful comedy sequences. We have Gurning, Doctor. Yep. And we have, I've got stupid Doctor pratting about with the cards and the arm, and then I've written that other thing ending in off again. Yes, um, it's, it's terrible. It's, it, it's atrocious. Yeah. You know, after everything that's happened after this, you know, this is can still shock in just how crap it is. And we've yeah. seen a lot of crap after Rose um, in, in New Who, but this is the font a lot of the crapness was coming from. What is going on? This is this, our show that we love so much. Yeah, this is the man that's coming back to save Doctor Who as well. Mm. Yeah, and I can remember distinctly <laughs> me sat there thinking, oh. You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. It's like, this is, oh, this isn't, this isn't Doctor Who. Um, we get one Doctorish moment where after that he, he walks Rose out to show her where the TARDIS is. I don't know what, he wants to get rid of her. Mm. But he keeps he keeps tagging her along and showing her ways to stay with him. Um, it's not quite reached the incredibly creepy and worrying levels that it gets to later. I don't know. There's a lot of hand holding yes, in this story. Yeah, a lot of hands. He's only known her about two yeah. hours. It's like, oh dear, you know, never wanted to hold hands with Harry Sullivan, did you? Mm. Um, <laughs> but we get that nice line where the Doctor's describing that you know the planet's moving. And galaxy mm. and he can feel it all it's like brilliant that's okay We're i think that's down. what christopher eccleston signed on for yes. moments like that yeah i think so Rather not the pratting around with a dummy arm and, about, and yeah. being in eastenders yeah yeah and it's really nice i can remember the excitement i felt when you you hear the tardis take off mm. and it's the proper long and it's nice, the full version yeah, isn't it exactly yeah. yeah it's like oh finally yeah good stuff um sadly that's like about the only good bits out of this Mm. But then, it, yeah, yeah, we get. I, I was going to say, go on, but we get. Is it um, Clive? Is that the name? Yes, one? I've I put. Uh, I've got yeah. to fast forward past all the chavvy bollocks, and yeah. Uh, and and yeah, we meet him. This guy, yes. he's a comedian, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he does a lot of of these sort of comedic roles. Again, um, he gets a lot of these sort of. He's fat, therefore hilarious mm. and inept. Um, He's not too bad in this, but yeah, it's basically what could have been a really clever idea um, is this guy that's that's tried to research the doctor um, and he's found out that there's 
incredibly badly drawn and photoshopped oh, images. Oh my god, these are um, so poor. Yeah, awful. Uh, and they're all of um, they're all of Chris Eccleston because, of course, at this point they didn't really want to make many references. See, I had completely forgotten that. And when he st- starts saying about oh, it, it's father and son, father and yeah. son, I thought oh, we're going to see photos of yeah. you know Patrick Troughton and stuff. I'd forgotten that it, yeah, it's just yeah. really crap Photoshop photos and an at most awful line drawing oh, of Christopher terrible. Eccleston. Yeah. It's just it's just awful. So he's worked out that the Doctor is, is probably an immortal alien. Um, and he, he, he says he, he uh, yeah. the Doctor is a legend woven through history. Yeah. But it's and just the is, ninth Doctor. Yeah. Well, this is pure Russell T. Davis fan worship of the character of the Doctor, and it that Russell T. Davis is Clive, I think. Um, but then we start getting this which comes much, much more into four later on, of the, actually, he might be an evil person because when the Doctor comes, death comes with It's something I hate about New Who. Did you the groan when he stuff. said that? I did. It was like, oh, God. And you, you forget how many of these plot points that I absolutely hate were baked in right from the beginning. Mm. Um, it's not something they stumbled across as developing storylines. This was the idea. Oh, no, they were fully formed, yeah, these moments good. of crapness. And speaking of which, moments of crapness, Mickey in the wheelie bin. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, so outside, Mickey's in his... I mean, he's got no job. He's feckless. I would love one yeah, of the, that, them Beatles. Beetle, yeah, yeah, in perfect condition. I would Sorry. love it. I'd love it in that colour yeah. as well. Yeah. I would love it. But yeah, he, the wheelie bin moves slightly, so for some reason he decides to go out and look in it, because I don't know if he thinks someone's hiding in it, or a dog or something. And then we get um, the the most awful comedy sequence of the bin eating him. It's awful um, comedy with yeah. awful CGI as well, because well, boy, that CGI is dated. Is yeah, it's not dated well at all. Um, well, you think that's bad, wait till we get to the nesting consciousness. Um, but then we get the, the, the classic, haha, you got to make body noise jokes, so it burps. Yep, that's, that, that, that's up there with... It's not a mouth. It's, this is blooming George Lucas in the prequels, yeah. isn't it? You've yeah. got... Oh. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a terrible sequence. And then Rose comes out, and he looks... What, what's that CBBC show? Is it Playfield? No, you're thinking of Lazy Town. Lazy Town, that's it. Yeah, yes. Ronnie Rocket, or no, yeah, Ro- Rocket. Robbie Rotten. But there's also, yeah, a guy, and he's got that plastic hair. Plastic hair with plastic sideburns, yeah. yes. Robbie I, Rotten, yes. Yeah. And why is the Auton version of Mickey acting in such a manic way? Pizza! So Pizza! Yeah. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember the, uh, the replica General Scobie going, Pizza! <laughs> I've got an explanation. Uh, is shit writing? Well, no, it, it, it's oh. transferred Mickey's brain. Oh, right. How did it find it? Well, exactly. It hasn't found it. So it's just pizza. Oh, it's shocking. This is absolutely shocking. Yeah. You know, the plastic sideburns, his stupid, oh. bloody, smiley face. Rose doesn't notice. Rose doesn't notice, yeah. <laughs> no, no. She would pick up on it as soon as she yeah. sits in that car, right? Yeah. I could, I, I could just about get away with it if he immediately drove off and she's talking to him while looking yeah. out the windscreen. But they go to a restaurant and she sat opposite him yeah. and still doesn't notice anything's wrong. And then even the doctor comes up and says, do you want champagne with that? 
and she doesn't recognise it's the Doctor. She's, is this a, a, a sort of coded thing of saying she's um, self-obsessed? <laughs> we'll take it as that, yeah, shall we? Yeah, I'll take it as that, charitably. Yeah. Um, but then the Doctor pulls Mickey's head off. No, no, he, he fires a, uh, oh, a champagne, champagne into which, his head. Yeah, that's bad CGI, isn't it? Because <sighs> uh, he's plastic. Why wouldn't it just ping off? Mm. But no, it, go, it goes into his head and he's absorbed. He's not the blob, you know. I don't know what's going on here. He, it's absorbed and he spits it out. Then he grows big hammer arms, doesn't he? Or, yeah, it does like a Terminator yeah, 2. It does Terminator 2, but not very well. And the doctor tears his head off because the doctor wants his head because he can use it to trace the signal of the relay stations of the nesting consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get Rose and our first introduction to the new TARDIS interior. Um, it's okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not my least favourite TARDIS. Um, and it's quite a nice little sequence. Uh, but then, for some reason, Mickey's head melts. I, I don't understand why don't that know happens. What was going on there. That's at the point the doctor says he's got anti plastic. Yes. I guess it's some sort of enzyme or something that eats plastic, does it? I presume so, it breaks plastic down. I mean, it'd be nice to give that to the, the, you know, the governments of the world to get rid of our plastic problem, but no, don't do that. I, when he first says it, because of his accent, I, I thought he was gonna, someone was going to come out and it was anti-plastic. Like, like this woman comes out and it's like, oh, but no, it's, he's got this small vial of plastic plastic Yeah, yeah. plastic is going to save yeah. it. Um, so, he, yeah, he takes the TARDIS off and he lands next to the uh, London Eye. Oh, like, this bit coming up is... New, yeah. And that was still new and... Mm, this bit um, coming up is, uh, yeah. is just... I'm getting annoyed now. <laughs> the way that they're, you know, treating this character because he says, it, "For this transmitter, you need a big round thing, don't you?" Somewhere yeah. in London, he's standing by the bloody London Eye. Yeah. Fair enough, he might not have spotted it to begin with, but Rose tells him to turn around, and he's like, "What? What? You know?" Yeah. It's like, it's oh not, dear. It's, it's not quite on the same level of having the Brigadier and Liz Shaw help the Third Doctor, is it? It's again horrible comedy um, but yeah he works out that the London Eye is the big transmitter yeah and we get the first I'm afraid of his fantastics oh, God, yeah. here this catchphrase yes, of the yeah, doctor the doctor's got to have a catchphrase now um, which is just annoying um, yeah so he traces it and he goes to this well, I don't know what it's meant to be, a disused factory or something. It's convenient that you've got this basement right underneath the yeah. uh, the London Eye. Because I, I, I've been past there quite a few times. Um, I've been on it. Yeah. I've been up there. I've never yeah, looked yeah, down yeah. and thought, I wonder if there's a basement going underneath the Thames yeah, here. Yeah, if there's a shockingly realised uh, set down there. Oh, I mean the basement. Um, yeah, so the Doctor goes in, but the net and there's this big vat and it's full of liquid plastic and that's the nesting consciousness. Right. Can, can I hold you there just for one minute, right? So again, this is the Nestine's idea of world domination is yep. shop room dummies. Yes. Right. But this time you haven't got to have Davros in a factory making them. The doctor says any plastic anywhere in the whole planet on the whole planet can be changed into yes. into. An auton. An auton. Yeah. Does that include condoms then? 
I think so. So a condom can be a, an auton? Yeah, I don't, I mean, can they control rubber? I don't know. Well, rubber's but, a form of, yeah. oh no, it's not a form of plastic, is it? That's the minute rubber. you can control all plastic on the planet, you've, you've won. Yes. You start closing down circuit boards, you start... To, Show me any yeah. house anywhere in the world that hasn't got plastic, yeah. unless it's... But like, they decide, rather than doing anything like that, let's go with the old shop dummy one, that worked so well in 1970. It's worked twice already, so yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. have another go. Third time is a charm. Um, yeah, uh, and we get lots of shots of, of shop dummies. They're all uniform now, which is again annoying. They're all, they've got this very, very polished look. Which is, is just very strange. Uh, but the doctor, the Nestines don't trust the doctor because he's got a vial of. Oh, that's right. He says he, he's got to give him a chance. He's not just going to yeah. lob it down there. He's going to yeah, give them a chance. He can't kill him because reasons. Uh, so he's got to give them a chance. He's, he didn't. He's not given other people a chance. He's got to give them a chance, which backfires horribly. And then what really sort of uh, just sums up for me. So the Nestines have, have then kidnapped the TARDIS from up on the street. And they've got a purpose-built little railing system that's TARDIS-sized. Yep. What? What's going on? Um, now, 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 it's silly. What you've just said there infers that this Nestine consciousness is the same Nestine that the Doctor's already yeah. encountered twice. So if that's the same Nestine consciousness, it should have learned that Taking over the world by a few shop room dummies Probably isn't the best. Idea. It's not yeah. the best way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, talk about um, the definition of madness. And I keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Um, yeah, it, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and then we get this, which, which we get very used to that they've got to have a big action ending. Mm. Um, with dramatic music. Yeah, so they send the stunt people in, and there's lots of swinging about, and Rose saves the day by... Oh, no, you've got Jackie in peril as well, because we must oh, cut I back to the yeah. to the mother. Yeah, so we, we cut back to street scenes um, where the autons break out, and, uh, yeah, um, they threaten Jackie and they threaten Clive. I think they kill Clive. They do something to him. Um, and, and Jackie just happens to be out shopping, and he's cowering down. And the the autons uh, are coming to get her, but yeah, Rose manages to kick the anti-plastic, which immediately kills it. Pff, dead, done. That was quick acting. This this blobby thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, how did it get there? I've no idea. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. This this is modern. Who and it? We don't. We don't waste any time actually setting up plots and structure. You know, we don't show that they took over a factory, that they had to start manufacturing these things. No, just there. You, you have a swimming pool-sized blob of plastic, mm. and you've filled the world with shop dummies already. Mm. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes, oh, dear. And that's pretty much it, because, yeah, uh, yeah um, we have this awful uh, doctor trying to coerce Rose to go with him, yeah. and, uh, yep, yeah, she jilts... Mickey, the, being the yeah. cow that she is, and off she yeah, runs in well, slow motion into the TARDIS. Um, which is, again, I think, just wish fulfillment on Russell T. Davis's part, isn't it? <sighs> That's what he wants to happen, is that the doctor comes and sweeps him away. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was blandly awful. 
It is very strange watching these three stories yeah. one after the other, um, you know, because, yeah, I agree, Spearhead from Space by far is the yes. uh, superior one. Drops a tad, but it's still entertaining, the second one. Yeah. And then, go oh, Gordon Bennett. Yeah, it, They're not the same show, are they? No, 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 they're not. It's not. I know it's not aimed at us by this point, but yeah, the 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 drop in the drop in um, intelligence and the contempt for the audience that rises is just shocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not good. No. Uh, before we we finish our talk on the autons, we have to we have to mention, of course, uh, Rory's stint oh, yes. as an auton, don't we? But yeah. as far I, I haven't gone back and watched them, so uh, I'm just going from memory. I mean, it, it, it's a tenuous link. It's only the fact that he becomes plastic that makes him immortal. Yes. Was so, that right? So, yeah. So um, there's this. Uh, all these races are above the Pandorica to trap the Doctor. Or well, I think the storyline is that it says the most dangerous thing in the world is in this Pandorica prison. All these races come, one of them is mentioned to be Autons. Then it turns out that Rory had been taken over or killed ages ago. Um, and is the Rory we've been following is actually an Auton replica set up for this. But he manages to break his programming because of his love for Amy. Um, but the fact that he's not on really has no relevance other than they needed a way to have him be around for 1800 years or mm. whatever. Um, but yeah, the Autons play no part in the plot. Uh, they're not relevant. It could have been anyone. He could have been cyberdized, you know. It's yeah. So we, yeah, we chose not to watch that one because it, it it's a throwaway thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. I've looked into it and started peering down the well and, and gave up. There is so much about Autons in, in fiction and comics and stuff like that. Uh, no, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. All right. Yeah, we'll just do these three. Oh, yes. we, got a, we got a score. Right? We'll yep. One, yep, 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 yep. Uh, but before we could do that, we've got uh, um, Earth Dates. Oh, yes. Yeah. And because it's John Pertwee, it's kind of like the mid to late 70s. It's yeah. some uh, some way off from yes. there into their future, which would put it around about mid-70s, wouldn't it? Yeah. In the home reckon, counties or somewhere. Yeah, I reckon 74, 75. Yep, yep. When we've got a lot sitting in there at the moment. Yeah. And uh, 2005, I guess, for London. Yeah, for, contemporary for, for London. Rose. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, the Ninth Doctor was also in London for World War Three. Yeah. Um, so that's the dates out of the way. It's a busy um, year for the Doctor, wasn't it? For yes, it was. It was. And, uh, yeah, then I've got a little bit of back behind the scenes right. information. Let me just uh, get the book out. This first quote is from, I've got two quotes. The first quote is from uh, Alan Wibley, who's one of the uh, special effects guys at the BBC at the time. And we're talking about uh, Spearhead from Space here. He says, here we go. I was John Horton's assistant on this story, and we got into quite a lot of trouble with the BBC regarding the pyrotechnics we were using. We'd seen an explosive device called a day simulator, which when fired emitted a billowing smoke in either orange or yellow aniline dye. 
This was exactly the sort of visual effect we were seeking to emit from the Auton guns firing and the resultant body hits. Because of course yeah. they do, they're like oh, massive right, great yeah. paint, paintball explosions. And he says, uh, so we unscrewed the tops of these charges and removed the explosive powder. This was bending the rules back then, but now it's totally illegal to break down or tamper with a sealed pyrotechnic charge. Anyway, we made up the Auton's hinged hands and concealed a neat little firing mechanism inside them. This consisted of two jack plugs connected to a battery separated by a firing switch on the outside of the hand near to where the wrist would be. Small plug-in brass cartridges filled with gunpowder from the day simulators and ignited with a match head fuse were pushed onto the jack plugs. These were then fired by the actors playing the Autons. This sounds all very dangerous, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It sounds like you could lose your arm. Yes, or at least blow your fingers off. Yeah. Um, and then he says, the Auton, Auton's victims wore a steel plate to protect them from the explosive charge we fitted to their clothing. These were activated through wires run up the actor's leg. Back then, of course, there weren't half the safety regulations that there are today, but we still got a roast in when our superiors found out that we'd mixed ready-made charges with some of our own design. All right. So it doesn't sound like he was fired, but... Uh, no. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Michael John Harris talking about Terror of the Autons. He says... Uh, in the script, a plastic film was sprayed from fake daffodils to asphyxiate a victim. When this film was peeled from the victim's face, it had to evaporate in the palm of the doctor's hand. To do this, we used a very early food wrap, which when sprayed with acetone would crinkle up into nothing. The liquid plastic which fired from the daffodils was in fact a very fine water spray, pressure pressured by a tube by a hand pump. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. There were three versions of the killer doll. The first was about 10 inches long and solid. The second was the same size but sectional so it could come apart. And the third was a costume worn by a midget. The job of making this costume was given to a female contractor who had been recommended to me. I designed the costume and wanted it made from a foam rubber sections joined edge to edge. The woman asked me for an advance payment to buy materials because this wasn't the normal set of costumes she made. That sounded reasonable, so I made the arrangements and left her to get on with it. It's a bit of an epic, this one. Um, he says then, Since the studio deadline drew ever closer and I'd heard nothing, I began telephoning this woman relentlessly, but got no answer. In desperation, I went round to her flat, and after much ringing and knocking, she eventually opened the door completely drunk. The woman was an alcoholic. Although most of the costume had been made, none of it had been assembled, and this was only one or two days before the studio recording. We had no choice but to stay up all night sticking the thing together. Of course, when we got to the studio 24 hours later, none of the glue seams had dried out. So as well as the poor midget, that's an unfortunate word, isn't it? Stinking of Evo stick, every time the doll moved, it would come apart. It's quite funny to look back on it, but at the time, the whole incident was a terrifying experience. <laughs> When the killer doll met its end, it was shot to pieces by one of the unit soldiers. I think for this, I set little plastic detonators on each of the doll's armatures, blowing the thing apart piece by piece. So there you go. Right. So that's the quotes. Very good. Right. Okay. So here we go then. Tallies then. All right. So yeah. Yeah, let's... Say we, yeah. We haven't scored things well yet, have we? 
school. Oh, no, we haven't. Oh, no. that's what you meant back then. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay then. Well, uh, well, we'll go down the list of appearance. So this third version, Auton. Yes, the shop dummy. The Autons. shop dummies, yes. Um, yeah, I think they, they've they gone with a more traditional mannequin design, haven't they? So I think that's probably a, a good move. So, yeah, design-wise... I reckon um, I'll go seven on design for these ones. Seven. Well, I just gave them a five because they're a shop yeah. room dummy, aren't they? So. It's true. All right, that's a six. How effective are these? Uh... Um, I, I I don't think they're very effective because there's no consistency in what they're doing. So sometimes they're really slow, sometimes they're fast. They don't shoot people that are right in front of them. There's very little massacre as those times have changed, um, and they're just they're not particularly scary. Because they, you're right. They they just look like shop dummies, but I suppose they're meant to. Um, so effectiveness for me drops down to a six. A six. All right. I stayed at five, yeah. so that's five and a half. All right. That's five point seven five. So our highest auton is the very first one with 6.25 and then this third version of Alton oh no 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 the highest we've got is the um, the non-police Autons in Terror of the Autons oh, right. oh the, the carnival headed Autons yeah then we've got the the ones from Spearhead from Space yep. then we've got the police Autons from Terror of the Zygons yep. oh no no no, no these are Autons uh, Rose Autons, and then it's the police ones. Right. We'll put them in their caravans in a minute, all right? Okay, um, okay what about the blob? The blob in Let's the swimming pool? Um, the design is uh, is very poor, because I don't know what it's meant to be. It's an orange blancmange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think someone had seen the mummy, um, the sand face, and thought, we can do that, and then they went, oh, we can't. Uh, so design for me, this gets a below standard four. Four? Yeah. Oh, I gave it a one. Okay, so that's 2.5. from my effectiveness. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, then effectiveness. Bear um, in mind that Mickey says, when they uh, rediscover Mickey, he says, it talks. I never yeah. heard it talk. No, I can uh, hear it talking. I think in the original cut, the original soundtrack, it does speak, because I think it was meant to be Nick Briggs doing it. But then for some reason on the final version, they cut it talking presumably because it would have been even sillier mm -hmm. um, so yeah effectiveness um zero it's yep. rubbish that's Passing exactly rubbish. <laughs> that's exactly what i've got as well all right so that gives a uh, adversary rating of 1.25 think itself lucky yes um and then we have I've seen scarier things at bottom of toilet bowl I don't want to know. Um, um, here we go then. Mickey Orton. Oh, right. Oh, God. Um, Design of Mickey Orton. Zero. Zero, yeah. zero for both. He's shit. He's the shittest thing that's ever appeared in Doctor Who. Well, no, I know we've, we have we have scored a character before. Zero, zero. Yeah. And um, but 
well somebody with a shiny face. We'll get to him in a minute. All right. All right. So let's put these all in their caravans then, yeah. okay? So starting from the top, Spearhead from Space. I take it you give Nikki zero as well. Oh, yes, yeah, they were yeah. both zeros <laughs> long before you started talking. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just shockingly bad. Yeah. Oh. It's a shame we can't give minus figures. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely 100% right. This is out of Lazy Town. Absolutely, yeah. 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 All right, let's go from, from top to bottom then. So the very first Autons, 6.25. Share a caravan with, oh, it's a busy caravan, uh, the Web of Fear Yeti. Right. Okay. Um, Mavic Chen. Right. The Celestial yeah. Toy Maker, Monarch, and the L3 Robot. Yeah, I think that's a good caravan that he's in. That's not a bad one, is that's it? That's not a bad one. That's some classics. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got Channing. From that yep. first story, he's got uh, eight and a half. He's sharing a, a caravan with two Daleks. Oh, yeah, uh, the Supreme Dalek from Invasion and uh, the Dal regular Daleks from Power of the Daleks. I don't know whether he'd get on with the Daleks. Do you think they'd boss him around, or do you think he I would try? There's some plastic on Daleks, I bet. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Then we've got um, the thing in the box. Okay, this cellophane thing. He was five and a half. He is sharing with the Vord. Okay. Yes, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Uh, Azal. Yeah. The Rutons. Oh, it's a very similar plasticky look. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. they look like they were made out of cling film. Yeah. Salamander. Right. Uh, Vogel. Wheel in Space Cybermen. And the Giant Fly. He was made partly of plastic yeah. as well. There's a theme developing. Yep, okay. And then from Terror of the Zygons, we got the Policemen Autons, 5.25. They are sharing with the War Machines. Okay. Pating, Agador, the Beast, and Marshall. That's quite a cheesy caravan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was 5.25. We'll go up to 6.5. Uh, because that's where the other Autons from Terror of the yeah. Autons uh, are. That's quite a small caravan, and that's good because of their big heads. Big we, heads. Yeah, we've got the Mutts and Kelman are oh, in right. there. Okay, then we've got the Rose Autons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, only two in that caravan. The Zabi and Kara. The Rose Autons. Mm -hmm. Stay with. Zabi. Mm -hmm. And and then we we've got we scored it yeah yeah true well, then we've got the blob okay the oh, blobby yes. um, leader one uh, one point two five puts him in with android yep that's, okay yeah that's fair the bannerman yeah yeah embarrassing yeah yeah and the human form of axons okay I think we underscored them yeah. <laughs> We might have to uh, uh, do a so. rejig. Yeah. Um, and then Mickey Orton, uh -huh. zero, 00 is at the bottom of the caravan park, right by the uh, silage pit, uh, sharing a caravan with the great architect. I, I think that's perfect. It's the same level of um, shittiness. contempt for the viewer. Yeah. And, of course, the great architect had a shiny had face. A shiny face, yeah. Yeah. Happy shiny people. I life. never thought the great architect <coughs> would actually have a co-inhabitor, but 
I had completely I forgotten fair, yeah. about yeah. Mickey Orton. I wonder I if we are going to get any other double zeros I in this know. show's I, history. I was, I was thinking that after watching it. Is this the worst New Who character? Because even someone like Max, whatever his name was, the, the head on a forklift, yeah, had some redeeming features. But this Mickey one doesn't. I don't know. I think I don't know. I think it's, we're going to be hard pushed to mm. to top it. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, as poor as this story is, is it on your bottom three? Uh, no. No. I, as I said, it's blandly sort of. Yeah. It's, it's just it's tosh. Not it's just tosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, doke. Um, almost done then. Uh, just a little bit of feedback. Um, oh, I was going to say, but but spearhead. Oh, is spearhead go going in? Oh, is it? Oh, sorry, I, I forgot. Yes. Um, what? What? Give me the list from ten upwards. From ten upwards. Yeah. Number ten is the rescue. Oh no, okay. that's me. Oh, oh okay. Hang yeah. on, you. Yes, here we go. Number ten is the green death. Above that, I think. Then you've got the web of fear. What's above the web of fear? The Daleks. Oh, no. No, it's, it's going to replace the Green Death as my... All right. ...first week at the back end. Didn't stay long, but... No. Okay, Spearhead goes in there. All right. Yeah, um, feedback then. Um, All right, yeah, cool. We'll it's our friend feedback. Mark Jacobs on Neozaz. Oh, right. He has replied to us again. Um, here he says, uh, I can't say I enjoyed Trial of a Time Lord. The first few episodes were reasonable when I do like Colin. However, I found the last part almost unwatchable, partly due to the soft Vaseline lens thing, and I had no idea what was going on, which happens when you lose interest. All I can say is we had boxes of the VHS TARDIS tins in the <laughs> storeroom collecting dust. I think we ended up giving them away for a fiver. I'm not surprised. I'm not I surprised. Yeah, so thank you, Mark. Thanks yes, for your thank continued you. uh, support and comments. Um, always nice to see them there. Is it, yeah. Yes, all right. Well, that's it. Um, that's our special done. So we move on to the 10th Doctor, and it's my choice. Yes. Um, I don't need a sip of water before I announce this. Oh, is it? Yeah, are you going to raise the quality bar? No, oh. I decided not to. <laughs> I thought in, in, in the Just Lately spirit of mm. featuring right old duffers, uh, to get them out of the way, we'll continue in that spirit, oh. right? So here's the clue, all right? <laughs> right, here's the, here's the clue. We'll be spending the night, remember that word, to see if this story rises from our subconscious like a phoenix. Oh, no. I'm phoenix sorry. Nights. It's um, love and monsters. Oh, God. I know, oh. I'm sorry, but we, I'm thinking, come on, come on, you know. <laughs> we got to do, I mean, to be, yeah, I, it'd be interesting this, because I do like, I do like Peter Kay, um, I do like Mark Warren, um, but I remember it as being, I mean, utter tosh. Yeah. This is, this is the one where it ends on a joke about having fellatio with, with a paving with, slab. With a paving slab, that's the one, yes. <sighs> Now, what's going to be interesting is we've just experienced Rose, haven't we? Yes. And we've thought that's pretty dire. How dire is it after we've yeah. watched the Absorber Loft? Yeah, will, will we... Uh, well, this, this was a, um, 
the Observer Lost. Wasn't it like some competition with Some kid designed Blue it for Peter Blue Peter, yes. We have some flaming <laughs> yeah. kid. Well, I hope you're proud. You're older now. <laughs> you're you're yeah. not going to break the ice at parties with that little snippet. Yeah. I, I... Can you imagine... I bet he goes, he phones up Doctor Who conventions, go, uh, I, I created a monster for Doctor Who, would you like me as a guest? <laughs> oh, you would? Yeah, it was the absorber. Hello? Uh, Hello? <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with my phone line. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyone speak to me. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it, that'll be interesting, actually. Um, will, it, will it be as chronically bad? As you remember. It might have got better. It might have got better with a bit of time. Yeah. I take it you, you you've not one, seen it. No, no, since. not at all. No, nor have no, I. Not, because not, why would not you? Even clips of it. Oh, I wouldn't. Unless you would, yeah, you know, doing it for a podcast. Why on earth would you watch that thing? You exactly. Know? Yeah, you're. It, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming um, someone might have it as one of their favourites. Yeah, but that'll Possibly. be in an institution, and they won't be yeah, allowed to listen to true. podcasts, so we won't know about yeah. it, will we? Yeah. Well, um, well. Caravan Zero, will you... Uh... Ah, yes, yes, will Caravan Zero <laughs> get a new inhabitant next time? All right, okay, okay. folks, we'll come well, back and find really out. That's a really interesting one. Well, that's a good choice, well done. Yeah. I don't know. Well, see, see if I agree with what you just said yeah. this time next week, all right? Yeah, I'll hear, the, I'll hear your teeth gnashing. From the... <laughs> oh, good God, what have I done? Okay, all right, folks, join us in a week for that then. All right, see you then, Ian. Right, bye-bye, bye-bye.